Welcome to episode 27 of an Axe Throwing Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Feinberg. Uh, today's date is Saturday, Saturday, February 4th. Hopefully I can get this out pretty soon. And today's guest is David McIntyre, a.k.a. DMAC. DMAC, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Bill. And cool. cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Clink. Uh, you drinking anything Clink. good? Mm. This is Sunny Side Up Bourbon Barrel Double Coffee Stout. That's got, that's got all the words in it. Oh yeah, it's got all, a lot of words I can't even pronounce really without slowing down. It's a, it's a tall. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty good. And it's a tall boy. It's style. a bourbon barrel tall boy. Yes, it is a tall boy. So it is a sad. It is a Saturday, and I'm looking to have a good one. <laughs> yeah, I got a got a Juicomatic uh, hazy IPA from Austin Beer Works. So brought this back oh, from a nice. recent trip to Austin. Uh, cool. Very nice. All right, man. Well, uh, I guess so. We're we're this. This one's going to be fun. Uh, I feel like we're going to go on all the tangents and then the tangents of those tangents. Um, but I guess before we get into the axe throwing stuff, man, let's, uh, let's hear a little bit more about you. Like, let's, uh, like, let's hear the DMAX story. What was, what was your life like before axe throwing? Uh, so before axe throwing, let's see. Uh, so uh, born and raised in a wonderful town called Pittsburgh, PA. Uh, not many people have heard of it. Uh, it is on it, – it's – it's actually the the only real city in in Pennsylvania. Uh, a lot of people think there's another city in PA, but I, I think it fell into the water. So <laughs> I'm kidding. I love Philly, my Philly folks. So uh, born and raised uh, Pittsburgh, PA. Uh, grew up there my whole life. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, what else is there to say? Uh, it's pretty cut and dry. No. I uh, grew up there my whole life. Grew up in the city. Moved out of the city. Um, I lived all basically all over Allegheny County. Um, I went to school at first. So I did the school thing right out of high school where I went for some business management course and thought I knew it all. So I was that, that I was that guy like, Oh, I don't need this. And quit, went to work, uh, quit school, went to work and realized like, I'm just going to be eking out like shit jobs. So went back to school, uh, for computer network. So I got an associates in computer network systems at, uh, one of the biggest cash grabs ever ITT tech, which doesn't exist anymore. Oh, so shit. they're gone. Useless... Yeah, they're gone completely. So I got a useless piece of paper now, but I still know how to do this stuff. Uh, after that, I went to Point Park University for my bachelor's in computer science slash project management. So I can program and, and run spreadsheets all day. After that, uh, after that, just, you know, living in Pittsburgh in a previous life, uh, had a house um, and then moved around a bit. Uh, in Pittsburgh, uh, when I say previous life, that means I was married before. Uh, had a house, then uh, decided to become born again, not literally born <laughs> again. Uh, moved out to a wonderful area called Oakdale in PA, which no one knows where the fuck Oakdale in PA is. It's, it's out west. Uh, did that. Uh, I worked for a tech company. And then uh, a guy that I work with, his name is John Samanchek. Uh, people know him as LJ in the Axtern community and his friends. If he still Axtern, I don't know. Uh, he was a coach. And he set up a bachelor party for a co-worker on a Friday evening. And that was 2019. Yeah, 2019. 
So that was my life before axe throwing. Uh, anything else? That I was uh, anything else I could think of special. I didn't really play any sports or anything. My it's only because my mom was like the I don't want my baby to get hurt kind of mother. <laughs> but I still played sports. You know, you, you still stuck away to play a game of baseball or, or football or anything with your friends. Uh, that was always fun. And I. Uh, uh, before axe throwing, I don't know. I just I have a uh, myriad of hobbies outside of axe throwing. Before uh, I recently started, I always like carpentry class, woodshop class. So I'm trying to get back into that. Uh, I've always loved watching movies, listening to music, going to concerts, uh, reading books. Uh, that that's a new thing for me. Reading uh, that's really good. Uh, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish was a revelation to me. Truly classic book uh but yeah that's uh that's basically life before axe throwing a little bit of everything cool man i uh i did not realize uh you and i have a very similar story so like i went to uh like like when I got out of high school, I didn't plan on going to college. And my mom's like, yeah. if you're not going to go to college, you got to start paying rent. I'm like, all right, where's that community college at? Uh, and so <laughs> I was like, I took an accounting class in high school. I'll, I'll, I'll do one of these. And uh, yeah. so uh, I took all the accounting. Cl- I took too many accounting classes at my community college to the point where uh, like my four year school is like, hey, uh, you need to take more accounting classes if you want our accounting degree. But um, huh. so I got, I got my associate in accounting and then I took three years off. because I'm like, I got I, I need to start making money and not spending it on tech. Um, and then just worked all the dead end jobs like for three years Uh, and then I was like I gotta go back to school Uh, business degree's almost done I'll just finish that Uh, and so it's like uh, but same thing. It's like, uh, okay, can't accounting's going to take four semesters. What can I do in three? Uh, oh, yeah. logistics and supply chain management. Sure. And that's where I learned spreadsheets. Uh, and yes. then it's like, what kind of job can I get with this? Our manage hourly employees. Oh crap. And then I went to a coding boot camp. So it's a very, very similar, like business to tech pipeline. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, that's, that's kind of also went when you said about the spreadsheets and supply chain. So, uh, and the dead end jobs, my first job, and actually I didn't mind it. I worked at my first job ever was working at a pizza place. Uh, I actually didn't mind it. It was pretty. It was a lot of fun. Just I don't know, I, I, making pizzas all day. That seems to be cool. Uh, I didn't mind it, except I we used frozen dough. My hands used to get so frozen trying to weigh out dough balls. Oh my god! And then uh, it was almost a punishment because then after that, the manager would tell you to go full boxes, so your hands are like ice with all the cardboard. So I did that. Another job I had was I used to work in a deli. And th- this is uh, this always stays with me, this deli thing. So one, I am incredibly particular about deli meats. Like if you go to a deli, I'm very particular about what people get because there is some really gross stuff out there. So my funny deli story here is I got kicked out of working the deli demoted to go being a bagger on the front end because one day we had a magnetic board and I turned every other letter upside down and the hot foods lady came in the next day threatening to kick the shit out of me for doing it. And my, I'm just, I'll be honest. I've always been a smart ass. Always like I'll fully admit. Um, a thing I've learned early in life is everyone gets their ass kicked. So whatever, I'm just going to be, a, I know my, I know the audience sometimes, but I don't know. I'm just going to be a smart ass. And I just told her, I'm sorry, you have to actually do your job for once. Of, uh, taking down the board and, and putting it up and everything. My bad. Uh, but that was fun. And I got demoted to bagger. I did that for a day. And I was like, yeah, I quit. 
the other dead end jobs. I worked at a gas station before that during the midnight shift. That was wild. That is wild. And if you ever want to have a shitty time and a great time, work an overnight gas station, Jake. That you will see some shit. Was that in the city or uh, is that like in the country? That was in the city, so it was right outside the city of Pittsburgh in a in a suburb called Brentwood, uh, and it was right across the street from two bars. So around two, three in the morning, we used to get some some pretty some pretty fun action, some some pretty fun stuff. And then after that, I worked in a department store uh, in Pittsburgh called Kaufman's. It's closed now; it's gone. And after that, I worked at a company called Highmark, where I did accounting accounting work and that's where i fell in love with using spreadsheets a lot more and i started just automating a lot of stuff through spreadsheets i, I loved it of course i started realizing like great now i'm just bored all day so that's where i was like i'm gonna go back to school and that's where i went back to school for computers and it was a blessing however don't ever tell people you go to school for computers because everyone thinks you know everything about computers and yeah <laughs> yep they're like uh you're like oh man you write code can you fix my wi-fi different jobs <laughs> totally different totally different jobs and that's the other thing it's funny you tell people you go to for computer science they think you can pro- computer like uh, i love telling people computer science is not programming and programming is not programming is a computer science but it's not all computer science <laughs> just like uh oh you probably have heard it excel is not a database and databases are not excel you heard that one before right and but it but it's yeah. crazy how many businesses are running are treating excel oh as God. a data like and not even like okay it's like you know it's like no, no no like our business like if that spreadsheet disappeared we'd be doomed oh yes yeah uh, the longest I've seen it take, I've seen spreadsheets take like 10 minutes to open. And I'm like, why are we doing this? Why? I've, I've, I've made some of those. <laughs> oh, I, same, same. I had to keep a general ledger for, so I had to do Cobra administration. If anyone knows what Cobra is, basically you lose your job, you pay triple for basically what you had before. And uh, so I had to do with the administration and the previous lady who did it, she retired, but she didn't balance the books for like 20 years. So I had to build these spreadsheets that basically caught up 20 years of finances. <laughs> Meanwhile, I got to leave work to go to, to go to night club, night, night school. Uh, it was a fun time, but again, spreadsheets, I will work on them for hours and hours and hours and just lose time. So much time. It, it, it sounds like, uh, you have the same thing that I do where it's like, uh, sometimes like, uh, a, like if you give me a, like a, a normalized, like well-organized spreadsheet and t- and like give me a question, it's like, you just gave me a riddle. Like you just gave me a puzzle yes. to solve. Yes. Uh, I, I love it. I love working on them. Well, working with them, building them. Love it. Cool. Well, uh, so, uh, now as far as, so you said you got started ax throwing cause you went to a bachelor party says, uh, 2019. Yes. Yeah, so it was 2019 or was it 2018? Either way, I uh, went to a bachelor party. It was it was a great time, and honestly, so I, I was a different person back then. And I thought, like, what the fuck is axe throwing? Like, this is the most hipster shit ever. And living in Pittsburgh, uh, anything that was gentrified was immediately super popular, which I get. Uh, but it just cracks me up living there my whole life, and it's <laughs> it's just really funny to see how it changed. It's awesome though. It's it's nice. And I was like, you know, screw it. I'm gonna go out. Went out. I had a blast the, the whole time. It was a lot of fun. I actually did really well. Uh I, I'll never forget because there's a buddy of mine I used to work with. His name is Carl, Carl Krauss. Awesome guy. 
from Pittsburgh. Uh, me and him played, and he every year he was like, yeah, don't forget when I, uh, I let you beat me or something, and, or else your career would be nothing. Because we played, it was like the semifinal match, and uh, I ended up beating him, and I think I lost in my, my, my brackets final there. But I, I loved it. It was it was a lot of fun. It was uh, it, it was uh, something that I didn't think I would like as much as I did. Uh, but it was uh, I didn't think I would like it as much as I did. Yet there was something in a lot of stress relief of throwing something, like even if it didn't stick. And this was back when we only had shot pros and pine show pro shot pro, shot pros. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the, just, the right answer yeah, is. <laughs> right. Uh, we just had those in pine boards. So there was something like satisfying in just throwing something, whether it's stuck or not. Yet I was, I felt that initial buzz you get when you were able to stick something, you know, when you're able to stick that ax in there. Uh, and I really liked it. Uh, my first coach, that coach that night, I'll never forget his name. You know, I don't know his real name, but his, his thrower name was Hollywood. It was an awesome guy. He was super, super excited, super happy with everyone. He was there with you the whole time. And he would give you pointers and tips. Uh, awesome time. And so did that on a Friday. I literally messaged my buddy, John LJ, uh, the next week, I think Monday or Tuesday, like, hey, I think I'm going to go in on Wednesday for like an hour just myself. I really liked it. Went in. The following Wednesday, signed up for league that night and been doing it ever since. Hooked, that, absolutely hooked. That that's awesome. Uh, what which uh, which venue did you start? Was is are they still there? Yeah, they they are still open. It is a venue called Lumberjacks's. Uh, Lumberjacks's J A X E S. Because I know there's a Lumberjacks, and I remember running into some of them. Or my uh, my fiance Megan, she just say wife at this point. Uh, she, I believe she like one tournament overheard them talking about like, hey, we keep getting calls from, from Pittsburgh or and vice versa because they're so close in name. Oh, excuse me. But uh, yeah, Lumberjacks is in Pittsburgh. It was their Millville location is where I started throwing uh, Wednesday evenings. Okay. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you been back there? Like maybe since like after the pandemic, cause I started throwing at urban axes, Austin, and I got to go there last week for, uh, IETF regionals. And it was cool to like walk into like my, my home venue and some of like the people that were there, like, you know, my, the coach from my first season, Scott, he was still there. So it's like you walk right. in and just like get a bunch of hugs. It's it awesome. It felt like home. Nice. Uh, so this might lead to a funny story. So actually, no, I haven't been back there because uh, kind of banned. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hear it. What's the story? Yeah. Okay. So the story goes, it was just after the 2020 IATC. Uh, get back from Toronto. We finish, uh, finish up the league there. It was the, the basically one to two weeks off between leagues. And I get a phone call uh, from the general manager at the time saying that, you know, there was a decision made to to ban me and a couple other throwers. Uh, and I uh, so uh, my understanding of it was there were some complaints made about the competition level, uh, things like that, negative things being said about the venue or the business, uh, things of that nature, which... I will say this for my part, and this is my for my thing, is that uh, so I started looking at other venues to also host leagues because 
And this isn't anything anything against them personally. I understand they're a business. However, I don't think some venues focus on leagues or league members. I, I just don't. I think it's For a sure. second. I think they're a second or third afterthought. And there's not much thought process outside of, and I've heard it before. Well, leagues don't make us money. And I, I got to be honest. Your league members are your guaranteed return customers. That, that's your, like, these corporate events, these birthday parties, these bachelor parties, none of these people are guaranteed to return. And I understand the, the money that they shell out. And it's a, it's a high, it's a high profit margin. However, when those people aren't booking, your league members might be the only ones coming in. You know, they, they might be the only ones pumping money in your place and to treat them. I'm not saying to, to kiss our asses, you know, you don't have to like kiss our asses or, or, or worship us on our feet. Yet I, there was more times than not when we were bumped because they booked, they let the facility get booked. There were times when we were pushed into the, the worst of the two, two arenas, you know, and fine, whatever. Yet the corporate event you booked, you gave them almost two arenas to practice the whole time. So we could have used these two. They could have used the bad two. But anyway, um, so, you know, banned from them. Uh, it didn't sit well with me at first. It really, really messed with me. Uh, I was, you know, went through the, the whole thing of like ang- being angry and upset, you know, fuck them, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so since then, uh, basically reconnecting with people that do did work there and as well as the, the, the general manager who had to make the unfortunate call and, and just being civil about things and sussing it out and, and just talking. So um, while it may sound like bad blood for me, I mean, whatever. It, it is what it is. Uh, I appreciate much more that I'm able to walk into a shared venue and see these people and still have a connection with them and talk with them and be friendly with them. And be friends with them. That means a lot more to me than than if an owner of a venue think wants to ban me because I called him an asshole. Uh, I, and uh, I guess I would say this: it's sort of you know, I, it's not that I would never go back to those places, except I would need them to reach out to me to, to talk about that because I don't want to cross any boundaries or lines. Uh, yeah, it really did suck uh, to get banned. Uh, <laughs> and again, for my part of it from what I recall is that I was just, uh, I was petitioning people if they would be interested in doing the league in another venue. It wasn't a mass exodus. I wasn't trying to be Moses, you know, leading people across the red sea and completely leaving one venue for another. It was, Hey, let's get another option going because we're throwing here. We kind of have okay situation. Maybe we should also throw somewhere else. And, um, I think all it did for me was realize how territorial X venue owners be, get, you know, like the, they don't like competition. Some of them don't, and they don't like their territories being invaded, which I get yet at the same time. I don't know. It's a, yeah, it's, I, mean, it, I like, it's all business I, at some level. And, and like, I can, I can understand. <laughs> it like i'm not from firsthand experience i don't own a venue uh, i'm still yeah. uh i keep watering the seed of an idea of opening a venue in okc in my brain same. um same but um 
so like you know for somebody that's like invested all kinds of money into it and they're like no like you know like while league may not bring in a lot of money like you said like that you know that might be that like basically the equivalent of like subscription revenue that like you know yeah. keeps you in <laughs> keeps you in the black instead of in the red this month you know, I, I don't know i'm speculating yeah. right so it's like yeah uh, same same i completely speculate i don't own a venue me and Megan and I have talked about opening a venue, especially where we live there. There's nothing around here. Uh, and the closest thing to us is Waddle. So we talked about opening an IETF venue for a while now. But yeah, it's the whole, do we want to take that dive? What does it really take to do it and be successful and not close within a year? Well, and, and like like you said, you're like, uh, you know, some venues are, uh, you know, like they prioritize leagues and some don't. Um, and, and I think, you know, I think it's kind of like a, a big gamble, you know, because I've, like, yeah. I've been to the venues that prioritize leagues and they feel magical, right? Like that, like yes. that's like when we talk about community, I think those are the venues that we're all like talking about implicitly. Um, yep. But at the same time, it's like it's a business got bills to pay. So it's like, yeah, it's yeah. It, you know, I spent probably too much time like thinking about it. it's like, oh, like, you know, <laughs> I have such narrow perspective on it. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is definitely uh, there's a sweet spot there to be found. And it's it's not easy. It, it really isn't because you don't want to cater to one side and alienate the other. I just uh, it, I just um, I don't know. I don't like seeing leaks treated treated bad or badly. Uh, bad or badly. I'm not an English major. I, I'm a rocket surgeon. Uh, I I don't like seeing it again because these are your return customers. When when you're having downtime, this is this is your income that you're counting on. You know, but thankfully, a lot of venues are able to keep steady steady bookings, which is nice. I, I love, I absolutely love seeing it be busy. Again, I just I hate that whole. Well, we got to bump you because because we cared more about this corporate event than than having you here this time, kind of thing. Right, like that is that like you know I'd be I'd be upset about that like especially you know um yeah that's it. obviously circumstances matter yeah so uh wh- I guess where where are you throwing right now. So right now, uh, I am throwing Waddle only, uh, primarily. Uh, So I live, just to let everyone know, I live in a tiny town in the upper peninsula of Michigan called Menominee, Michigan. To give an idea of where that is, I am about 45 to 45 minutes, 45, 50 minutes north of Green Bay. So that's... I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you for a second. So you're from Pittsburgh and now you live in yes. Michigan. You just have like uh, you're just made of disdain for Ohio people, aren't you? You're just like ah. <laughs> uh, you know what? Here's the funniest thing. I've been to Ohio several times, and I I have to say that uh, the state overall it is incredibly bland because it's just flat. Like it's so weird. It's uh although I have had some really great times in Cleveland and Columbus. I have not been to Cincinnati. Uh, I've been to Cleveland and Columbus. I've been to Akron before. I've had some great times in Ohio, to be perfectly honest. So I think the whole my my jabs against Ohio are the same as my jabs against Philly, which I've been to also. Love the towns. Uh, there's something decent to do in all of them. It's just I'm from Pittsburgh, so it's kind of like the fact that I have to jab at them. Yet I don't know. Uh, I've had I've had great times in Ohio. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm from Cleveland. Uh, I, I'm at this at this I'm point. Sorry like, to hear that. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kidding. I, thing is, actually isn't I, that bad of a town. I'm used to like saying like you know. Uh, well, I mean, I remember like when you know like 2006 when there was yeah. like nothing nothing you know yeah um 
Uh, and there was, you know, there was more nothing before that. That's just when I yeah. became old enough to go find out what bars were like. Um, but it it's funny because, like, now I live in Oklahoma. So it's like, a you know, I've seen, you know, I know, like, Ohio and Michigan have a rivalry. Ohio and yes. you know, Cleveland and Pittsburgh have a rivalry. Or, like, you know, Oklahoma and Texas have a rivalry. And it's like, look, like, we're all more alike than we're different, as much as we yes. want to admit it or not. <laughs> Yes, I. You know what? You're so after traveling, and I guess we'll talk about that later on. But after doing traveling across the country, yeah, man, people, people are people. People are people, and uh, I, I always, I'm a very big fan of George Carlin. I think he was the last great philosopher. Uh, I his take on individuals versus groups of people, I think, is that on individuals in the sense of that person, uh, amazing. Uh, it, a person is is truly amazing, and even saying people are people in that sense, they, they really are. Uh, there's chill people everywhere. There's assholes everywhere. Uh, for the most part, uh, I've seen it majority chill people in the world. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, was uh was. George Carlin, the one that said, uh, if you try to fail and you succeed, which have you done? Oh, I think that might be one of his, or was that Bill Hicks? I don't know. But Maybe I, it is. Maybe it is. Yeah. Uh, that, that thought uh, grew like a weed in my brain, and I was like, I'm going to go try to fail and see if I succeeded a bunch of stuff. And honestly, that's I get lost. I would get lost in that the way I get lost in trying to make logic of time travel movies. <laughs> Uh, I just watched uh, the show Dark on Netflix. Well, I finally finished. It took like three. Yeah, uh, yeah it was weird. Uh, so, yeah, I, f- I feel you on time travel. I haven't yeah. checked that out. I'll have to watch it. I, I love watching. Uh, I love supernatural sci-fi and horror stuff. It's, uh, it's all in German. So uh, you can't just oh. like – so you can't doze off listening to it and kind of keep track. No, you can't. No, absolutely <laughs> not. I, I – I took so I would say I took seven years of German. I maybe can three words. And, uh, German is a language that uh, my one teacher said you can't mumble it. You, you cannot mumble German because it doesn't make any sense. And I remember thinking it doesn't make any sense when they don't mumble it either. It just sounds angry. Yeah, German people pretty decent. Have a have you ever run into this uh, tech German localization problem where somebody's like designing something and you're like, oh, in English, it's six letters. In German, it's a paragraph. Yes, yes, <laughs> R- yes. We have run into that. Actually, I ran into that. Uh, I was working for a software company and I was on a team that was writing the certification exam. So if you've ever had to certify yourself for supplier management for SAP software, I'm sorry. I wrote that part of that exam. It's like DMV questions. It's every answer. You'll know this. Every answer is technically right, but they're looking for the one that's the most technically correct. You're the devil. Yes. So I had to write, I had to write those and I'll be honest. It was like one of the hardest things I had to do. So we're doing it, but we also had to do translations. And one of the questions we, we had this uh, translation program that we used and one of the questions we put in to translate the German and it went from like, uh, like a, I don't know, a long sentence in English down to like four words in German. I'm like, how is this? Like, really? Does that is really? And the one instructor who was from the German, the German uh, HQ was, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly right. Grammatically and, and grammar grammatically. And I'm like, you, you've got to be kidding me. You have to be kidding. So, yeah, I, I have dabbled in, in, uh, in arcane matters of, of creating impossible examples. Yes. That, that that's fun cool so now um 
That was a that was a solid tangent. I don't remember how we got to German localization tech problems. Um, so you said yeah, you're only throwing just, waddle right now. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I'm only th- oh, where, where do I throw? So I'm only throwing waddle right now. Uh, I am throwing out of two two menus: uh, blades and boards in Green Bay, and Green Bay Axe out of Green Bay, obviously. Uh, both awesome facilities. Uh, blades and boards. Uh, I believe I don't want to mispronounce her last name, but I believe it's Rachel Rowell. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I've seen the, uh, the name on social media. I've never met. Yes, yes. Uh, her and her husband Gabe, awesome, awesome people. Their venues are very nice. Uh, I've been to their, I believe, their Appleton one as well. Uh, very nice. And then Green Bay Axe, uh, managed by Joe and Amber Devine, really awesome people. Uh, their facility. So if Green, if uh, Blades and Boards is more of your typical. I don't want to say typical, but it's more of your, you would see a throwing place set up in like a mall area. Uh, Green Bay Axe is more of like a party thing. So both have their their feel to it, depending on what you want. And you can't go wrong with either one. And no, they didn't pay me to say this. <laughs> okay. Which, uh, no, which, but, are you doing like all the disciplines at each or? So I do, I do uh, Hatchet and Big Axe. And that's it. I, I have not tried knives. Well, just passion and big axe. Yeah. Uh, so I've right now I'm I'm doing. I picked up a second league, which is also part of the reason why I haven't. Uh, I think this is my first first podcast of 2023. Um, I've been slacking. Uh, also, yeah. uh, seasonal affective disorder is a bitch. Oh yeah, you know what? Yes, uh, that is that's a re- that is a real thing. And living where I live, I think maybe I have that as well. Yet I, sometimes I just don't feel like going out. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I picked up a second league right now. I'm doing a I'm doing a hatchet and big axe on Sunday and a hatchet big axe on Thursday. So that's at a twisted oh, axes. Cool. Both the both the the original twisted axes location in Moore, Oklahoma, and the uh, new one in Yukon. So uh, oh, pretty so, cool. So if you find yourself is that Waddle or IATF, that is Waddle. There is no IATF in Oklahoma, which is like makes me like it blows my mind. I feel like I'm supposed to make it, and like right, but uh, that's if you build it, they will come. I don't know if that's true. Uh, Right. (laughs) Well, it's kind of like I'm super so for IATF. I don't throw IATF right now because the closest facility to me is the tie between uh, Battle Chicago and Purple Bunny's Axe House in Minneapolis. Neither of those are close. No, those are states yeah. away. So, yeah, so I've I've literally contemplated doing like the Sunday brunch league and just hanging out in the city for the whole day, you know, to make the whole day of it. Uh, but the one guy, uh, Blake Rogers at Battle Chicago, awesome guy. I toyed with that idea with him, and he's like, yeah, dude, come on down. And same with Dustin Kirk, who owns Purple Bunnies. He's like, yeah, dude, come on out on Sunday, sure. Uh, but that's the closest. Uh and I'm surprised Milwaukee. I don't think Milwaukee has anything water or ITF, which I'm so surprised by that. Yeah, I'm, that blows my mind, especially a place. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't want to say they don't. They probably do. It's just nothing affiliated. You know, there's a lot of places that just set up boards now and do their own thing. That's true. Um, yeah. Cool. What? Uh, I guess what? Um, oh, no, you did throw some IETF recently last weekend, correct? Yes. Yes, I did. I threw in the Central Regional. Uh, I threw in a pre-regional uh, marathon league and then the uh, regional itself. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, this might be a spoiler from one of the community questions, but it sounds like you had some fun at the marathon. I had a blast at the marathon. I, I will fully admit that. Uh, I had a blast because usually around – 
week and it was premier rules so you know fuck all everything after like week four or five like you you know you know if you're feeling it or not and i just started you know drinking day drinking a bit and because that's what i do at marathon leagues i had a blast it was, it was great i had i had a lot of fun uh i had to be told the next day who ended up winning it all because i didn't remember that wait, I so, wait remember, so you end up winning it all no, I didn't win at all. Oh. I forgot who won it. Oh, all. somebody had to I, tell you that you didn't. Yeah, I was like, wait, who did win yesterday? And it was a uh, Cooper Rogers. So, congrats again to him, uh, the Hawk, awesome kid. Did Did Cooper win uh, both the marathon and the he, the he tournament? Did. He did that bastard. But he, you know, he's he's a great thrower. Like, it, and it's funny watching him throw and hearing people like, I can't believe how good he is with two hands. And, He's one of those two-handed throwers with his hatchet that's just really, really good. I mean, uh, it sounds like he punched his ticket to yeah. Canada Day 2. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, he did. I, uh, I went down to Austin last week for ITF Regionals. Didn't get to do a marathon, but um, it, this was the first time I threw Premier since uh, ITC uh, Round 2 in Toronto yeah. back in June. Also, the, I think that's where you and I first met was at Stockyards. It was. Yes, it was. Uh, I think we were both having some fun. You th- and you also you played uh, Jimmy Davis. Uh, I think you knocked I him did. out. That, I, I did. I, I felt terrible because I did the age-old thing I always do is after every match – I always say, hey, good luck in your next match, or, you know, you uh, go get him or you'll be fine. He's like, dude, you knocked me out, bro. And I just, it's that, I think I made a meme of it. And it's like, guess I'll die then. Uh, because it's like one of the, it's like one of those things. Like I start hearing, uh, I start hearing, what's that song? The Sound of Silence playing in my head. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> But yeah, so that's um, yeah. So I think that's that's uh, met you there, and then I get to kind of hang out with you at uh, WATC this year. So I, think yes, I crashed your dinner fun. table after I had too many of them championship beers. That's uh, all good. It's all good. I know if we couldn't be champs, we certainly drank like champs. I uh, I drank too many. Uh, although I wonder <laughs> I wonder if uh, if they'll still have that next year if it's going to be PBR because I'm down with some PBR. You know I so I, I'm again I, I like I take I take the cheap shots and everything i'm like oh pbr but you know pbr whatever it's it, it could be worse you, like it, it could be worse so so pbr sponsors my favorite music festival the fest in florida and uh yeah like and one of the things i love about the festival is they don't gouge the beers tall boy pbr yeah. three bucks like at, at, the, at awesome. the out the outdoor venue like in bow diddley plaza gainesville florida festival I mean, it's it's a ticket system, but it's like three dollars yeah. for a ticket, and then you can turn around and give one ticket for one tall boy PBR, and it's like that's awesome. It's like oh, that's great. Uh, so and, and that's one of the things that like I, I love about that festival. But so uh, so I I, I, li- I like PBR. Like I I drink craft awesome. I drink craft beer, but like if I if, yeah. I'm, if I get if it's a festival, I gotta drink all day. I drink PBR all day. Why not? Why not? It certainly goes down easy. Yeah. Uh, and, and it doesn't taste, you know, I'm not going to say it's like, you know, you're like, what's your favorite tasting beer? It's, sorry, PBR, you're not making the list, but like. Oh, no, 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 no. Absolutely but, not. But if I have to order at a loud bar, I can yell PBR pretty loud. There you go. Yep. And everyone knows what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I was, uh, so you did regional. How'd, uh, how'd you do it? Uh, how'd you do it at the marathon? How'd you do it at regionals? Marathon, I think I finished, without looking at act scores, um, I think I finished in the regular season at 8th, and I think I finished ninth in the playoffs, just because it's premier. Were you, uh, were you going 100% clutch, or were you only going clutch? Oh, yeah, uh, 100% clutch, absolutely. Uh, even though I'm not that good at premier, I realize, you know what, fuck it, I'm going, I'm going up. You know, I having not thrown premiere since June, like literally I haven't yeah. thrown at 
you know, a box in a clutch since yeah. June. Uh, I, I, I like it. I missed it. Like, cause right. like, like when, when I hit, cause I hit some premier clutches and yeah. like, cause like when I hit them, I'm surprised, you know, like yes. where it's like a kill yeah. shot. Like I hit it and it's like, I'm not surprised. And when I miss it, I'm mad. But like when I miss a premier clutch, like, okay. Uh, but when I hit one, like I get like, Oh, I did it. You, yeah. You get that, like that excitement again. And I was the one podcast, I think it was uncle Willie. You did. That was, that was a really good episode. And I was listening to it and I completely understood what he was getting at with sort of, uh, the frustration of, or pulling away from the sport before premier rules, because you hit the 81s, you start getting really good. And then you start the little monster of expectation comes in. of like, I should be able to do this all the time. And when he said that, I was like, yeah, I, I completely know what he's talking about because there was a time when I, it was before premier and I had a season of like 78 average. I was like, I fucking suck. <laughs> and it's because, because like, well, the, this was before they shrunk the clutch, too. You're like, and I'm, if you look at the old clutch, you're like, how did anyone miss? I'm doing better than all bullseyes. Like, do you ever yeah. explain that to somebody that doesn't know anything about the sport? You're like, you're like, what's your average? Better than all bullseyes. And I'm, yeah. and I'm like, I'm barely competitive. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a very humbling moment. And I think it was fan. I think it was fancy who brought it up one time because I said, yeah, I fucking suck at this sport. You like, uh, paraphrasing, but I think he to paraphrase, he basically was like, "Bitch, you throw with Kinexican, and you, you're able to hang with these throwers. Like, what the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> so ever since then, I'm like, I guess I'm all right, you know. But yeah, the Premier Rules definitely keeps me, um, I, I, besides humble about my skill with this, uh, it keeps me having fun with it. Now I don't know, uh, I have a lot more fun with it now with Premier Rules because you either hit it or you don't, you know. Uh, I don't, the thing I don't like about it is it's about the coverage versus sort of the skill of it. Yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Uh, it's still, it still takes a lot of skill to split the box uh, in that small margin of error. Yeah. It's uh, like, I think like enough time has passed where maybe I've just like accepted it or internalized it and moved on. But like, it is a much more difficult throw to be like, okay, like you just have to touch this space. Right. Yeah. But then to be like, oh, it's not enough to touch it. Like it's not enough like to like get the x axis and the y axis right. It's like it's like there's a third dimension. Like no, like you have to make sure your rotation is right too. Yes, yes, yeah. It's uh, it's a lot more. It's a lot more difficult. So I have not hit a sixty. I hit a sixty three the other day. Not a sixty four yet. Uh, I still think that is incredibly difficult to hit a sixty four. Yet I still think the premier eighty one is like I. Uh, I don't know. It's just really really hard to to do. My highest was a 79. I've got that was my dumb luck. I've got one uh, 64 in Waddle. No Premier 81s. I don't even think I've thrown a 70 in Premier, but I've only gone I've gone 100 clutch. So yeah. So it's like yeah. uh, you know if I hit a 64, uh, <laughs> is, that, is that is that what's what's the one where you miss all the clutches? I don't remember that score. I used to know it. Oh, if you miss all the clutches, I think it's a seven. Six, no, 60, 60, 60. It's a 60. Yeah, I think. Is that math right? Yeah, 5 yeah. times 12. Yep. 81 minus 7 times 3. Yep, it checks out. Yep, the math. we did the math. It's a, it's a math podcast now. Um, but uh, one of the things I, I missed about um, IETF is there. I feel like there are so many more suspenseful moments. Now, it's long as hell, right? Like, you know, people oh, yeah. are like, 
oh, like y'all were in your in, in in a match or like in the first round of a best of five and I got called. I went through my whole match and y'all were only one round farther into your best of five. (laughs) And it's like, you know, if you have a best of five series or a best of seven series, you're like, this is going to take an hour, you know? Yes. Like I'm going to order food. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. ITF matches do will, will take longer, especially the deeper you get into the, into the bracket. Absolutely. It becomes, it becomes quote unquote, like a war of attrition almost like who, like who's gonna make the mistake? And it comes, yeah. It's it's tough. It is really tough. I remember um, in like some leagues, like thinking like, uh, especially if um, I, cause I I didn't get to throw into t- uh, like I wasn't in like the murder league um, or like we didn't really have like you know like the like the really like or like Wednesday Green was the super competitive. I was in Wednesday Blue because that was like the league I started in, and like I was like yeah. always blue. Um, and you know, so you get some matches where it's like okay, you know, you're like oh, like you know, I've been throwing for two years and I'm going up against a rookie in the playoffs, like and like yeah, it's. But so, that, but I'm I'm going 100 clutch in the playoffs, you know. So it's right. like, so uh, so it's still like, but it's also trying to keep myself warm because you know if you're like, like in ITF, you can have a two hour gap in a league oh, tournament. Yes. Oh, absolutely, especially if you run through a bracket and you're sitting there waiting for the B, you know, B bracket to finish. Yeah, you you can get cold real quick. Yes. But yeah, there's so many more like suspenseful moments, right? Like the oh, there are. where it's like, okay, you know, I'm down two. All right, they threw a 25. I'm at 18. I need to hit this premier clutch just to yeah. go to big, just to stay alive, right? That's a suspenseful yeah. moment. And then, then you go to big X, and then your opponent throws a bull, and you're like, all right, I have to match their bull to stay alive. Yes. Um, yeah, exactly. The, yeah, those moments definitely are there. Uh, I know what you mean. Uh, I've had moments, you know, my palms are sweat. I literally ask uh, Megan, I'll be like, did you notice I was like nervous? And she's like, no, I can't fucking tell you're nervous. And I'm like, oh, my God, really? Because I felt like I was shaking like crazy up there. Uh, the the hardest one for me, and, I'll, and I don't know, maybe this is just me, is whether it's standard or premier, your opponent throws a one or a three. And it's like, you think like, okay, I just, sweet. They left the door open. I I got this. You go up, you know, the muscle memory, you know, your motion, you throw it. Fuck. It's a, I matched their score. You know, Yep. it's that happened in regionals where I think, I think that happened in one of my matches. The person threw a three and I was throwing, uh, I was throwing my one X that I know I could fit in the bulls very easily. Uh, I threw it. And of course, fucking just bled out I'm like god damn it three and it's uh i think it's harder um and it's across any sport it is really hard to close out a match like to have what they call that killer instinct mm-hmm. it's really hard it, it's really really hard to to win um it's uh that's yeah i i give it up a lot of credit to anyone who comes out on top of these tournaments it's it's not easy yeah, I didn't. I didn't even make the uh, the sixteen person single elimination tournament regionals. I got I was, really. I like. I I threw. I threw pretty well. I um. Oh, actually, what were you throwing for? Because I I don't like. Oh. I, I haven't thrown IETF in so long. I'm like I was just throwing a waddle hatchet because I was like it had four inch coverage. I'm like I want the coverage yeah. on my on my clutches, and so yeah. I'll just try and stick the toe into the bull. And I still threw some a bunch of twenty fives. I threw pretty well. Uh, but nice. I think I'd play Papa Bear was one of my losses. Um, okay. Then uh. Uh, clutchery so hillary out of austin uh, i think uh so she she beat me uh papa bear and i we ca- it came down to like the the la- i think it came down to clutches on throw five on a best of five 
And so I was like, yeah. I was just hanging. And, but, uh, and like, it's not like it was going to get better if I made it to the tournament. And then it's like, oh, cool. I get like <laughs> yeah, fancy and veil and a whole bunch of other people. Um, yeah, that, that's brutal. What, what, uh, what were you throwing? Uh, were you switching or were you throwing the same axe for bull and for, so for I was throwing the same axe all day. I was throwing a plum, uh, a plum national, uh, for my hatchet. And then for my big axe, uh, I think Comp and Willie mentioned the same axe. It's I throw uh, a Calyx, a Holtzberg Calyx, which uh, unfortunately you can't get any longer, it seems. You can get the Yankee pattern Agdor, which is close to it. Uh, but I throw a Calyx for Premier. Um, other than that, reg- on my regular basis, so I just got it back this week from Vin. Uh, I, th- I try to switch it either between a Plum or uh, the Distal Steel Axe. Uh, the two four eight or Marcus Brown hatchet, however you want to describe it. Um, I throw those for big axe. I switch between the distal steel uh, Agdor, and I actually have a couple plum big big axes as well now. So it's more of like one league I'll throw one thing, another league I'll throw another. Uh, that's for ITF. For Waddle, I throw a butcher, uh, and I throw a plum big axe. Okay. Yeah, I picked up a Colossus, and uh, it's been it, I've been doing better, like just stock handle, and I trimmed yeah. it a little bit. But I've hit I've hit some big axe kill shots with it, and I was like, oh shit, never did that before. Nice. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, I think when it comes to the Colossus big axe, uh, there is a woman uh, named Nicole who throws out of my blades and boards league in Green Bay. I think she is the person who got the very first one of those. It was like a raffle, and it has a VIN handle on it. Uh, and when she throws it, I don't know. I love I love watching people throw them because they just look so so unique. It's like watching people throw hammerbacks. Hammerbacks look so unique going through the air. Whatever angle you stand watching them, they just look very unique. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so it's always fun. Like um, sometimes it's like sometimes I like to. I, I enjoy seeing like a like a pretty five or four or like a pretty yeah. three in ITF. Like if it just looks like aesthetic, like aesthetically pleasing, you know, like you're just like, like that yes. was like, like that was just a pretty throw. Even if it didn't like yeah. hit exactly where you're aiming, like it looked great. Yes. Um, I would. So it's funny you say that the, the aesthetics of it, I think it was last urban open um, fancy, uh, fancy lad, uh, his girlfriend, uh, Kara. Mm hmm. Uh, she has, I know, her unique scorpion throw yet. If you watch her throw, she 45s in so much. It, it's it's an amazing thing to see because uh, before Premier Rules changed it, I used to think that was what you should, you know, 45 in uh, because it, it's not easy to do, to do that all the time. And that gets the blade weight, you know, the, the head weight behind you so you can sink in. She throws very aesthetically well, not just with her scorpion uh, kick, which I think is very unique. Uh, adds something awesome to the sport, but she forty fives in a lot. I, I find that extremely impressive. Yeah, yeah. She was actually she was at the South Regional. I got to talk to her a little bit. Uh, talk about trying nice. to get her on the podcast at some point. She got some good stories. Um, oh, nice. Oh, I bet. I bet she's pretty cool. Oh yeah. Uh, also, uh, you know who else is exceptional uh, at sticking forty five? Uh, Tishko. Oh yeah, oh, like, t- and, so and he and he yeah, does it yeah, in Waddle too. Mm-hmm. So Tish, me and Tish go way back. We started throwing together in in Loverjacks, my first venue, uh, in Tuesdays because uh, I was throwing in Wednesday, and Connecticut Dave Albizo threw in that league with me, and he invited me to join the coaches league, which was uh, me, 
And all the coaches there basically and Tish through there, Showtime also threw in that league. And I was I wasn't even going one hundred percent clutches yet at the time, but I joined this league and I, I got my shit kicked in so bad. But Tish, yeah, Tish is a remarkable thrower. Uh, I've seen him improve his game so much and I I'm just so happy for the guy. But yeah, his his ability to forty five in is is remarkable. Uh, because having that consistency is I, on paper, it's like this thing on paper, it seems easy enough to do, but we all get in our own heads and you think, well, my mechanics are, are they there? Are they working? Oh, I, I, uh, knocked my handle when it bumped in. Maybe I have to change something, but his consistency is, is insane. And Tish is just an awesome guy. For sure. Just an awesome guy. Yeah. A, uh, kind of crashed his breakfast at WATC. <laughs> I was just like in line at the buffet and I was like, oh, well, I know you, uh, I'm just going to follow you. All right, mind if I sit here? There you it's go. open. Uh, so, cool. Um, how, uh, how, was, how was your experience? Do you have any highlights from WATC? How would you, you do that? Oh, yeah. So, on Hatchet, I went uh, one and two. So, I at least got one win. Uh, I felt bad because, again, my one win was in B bracket. So, it means someone was eliminated. And I always say full disclosure. I, I hate that just because I don't know. I have... I love the sport, and I know how much it sucks to be done throwing. Uh, my highlight uh, was my the person who eliminated me was was Fancy, actually Fancy Jonathan Morgan, uh, which was really cool for me because I, I love the guy. He's an awesome person, uh, and it was a lot of fun throwing against him. That was my biggest highlight. Uh, the other big highlight of WATC was. Um, Honestly, the, the entire thing. It's how I felt going to my first IATC, just being in awe of it all, uh, experiencing it, and seeing like what goes into the sport. Uh, I mean, outside of the outside of the the broadcast feel of it and stuff, because I mean that presentation was amazing. Still, getting that many people together, that great amount of throwers for big axe, hatchet, knives, like that, that's amazing. And it's it's really awesome to see people because. Uh, I see say, the same people in ITF sometimes as, as in Waddle, so it's it's really cool. That's that's the best thing to me is is reconnecting with everyone and meeting new, meeting like new people as well. Like how I throw anymore, uh, it goes back to that Uncle Willie call or topic again. Like I don't know, it's not that I don't care how I do anymore. It's uh, shit, man. I'm I'm in it for more having fun than anything now. If I win, I win. If I don't, I don't. But that's just it. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like it, I, I, I feel the same where um like, you know, I was apprehensive about going to Austin for the regionals. Cause that's, that was literally like my only chance at yeah. qualifying for, uh, for IATC this year. Right. Because yeah. I, I don't have enough, right. Like I, last year I got in on my 2020 seasons, but I don't yeah. have, I, I have one marathon in the 2022 ITF season. And I didn't like, you know, I think I took like fifth in the playoffs or something. So it's like, right. not, uh, so, uh, and so now I'm like debating, like, like, I don't know if I'll be able to swing it, but I, I'm still like, <laughs> even if I can't throw in, uh, in round two, like, yeah. I still kind of want to go just like, cause there's plenty of other stuff to throw in and like, right. it's just a party. Same. I, I feel the same way. I don't know if I will be able to qualify for, uh, for round one. If I do, I do. If I don't, whatever, uh, it would be cool. 
Uh, I'm still debating on going though, just because again, there's other there's other things going on, and it is a huge party. And plus, you know, hanging out with Axe Throwers is is pretty cool. Just shooting the shit with them. Yeah, I've um, also the uh, I mean, cause, like there's you know there's like the the other tournaments like the different like under average tournaments or like there's still, right. like uh, duels or doubles or whatever. I always mix them up. Uh, and then yeah, uh, then the the USA versus Canada. Uh-huh. I did not like I'd never watched that until last year. Oh, that, really? Did you get a chance to watch it's, any of that? So I watched some of it and I saw it the the IATC before. Uh, yeah, that's that's a lot. That is really an awesome time to watch, and it's uh. How do I put it this way? You can tell everyone's having a blast. It's one of those things. For sure. Yeah. Like it it like that looks like a party of like where it's all like the I don't feel like I don't feel like I saw a lot of expectations in the throwing and right. it's just like we're just throwing. We're throwing stuff. Basically, yeah. That that seemed to be it at that time like screw it, let's just send it. I uh, I did tr- I did enter my my hat into the the tryout for it, and I just uh, I started double fisting the, uh, the the beers the the beers a little too early for that. Yeah, I think uh, uh, I went I went three and two on uh, in round one at Stockyards. Nice, uh, but nice. Uh, but I was like I I was also like in vacation. Like I, I <laughs> in retrospect, I'm like yeah. probably shouldn't have had three beers on Saturday. Yeah, like late morning, early afternoon. Yeah, probably not. But you know what? Hey, man, you had a blast. I sure did. Cool. <laughs> um, sweet. So I think I think we've kind of got through a lot of like the kind of like default podcast stuff, man. I feel like uh, I feel like we can go off roading now. Uh, let's talk about memes. Ooh. All right, memes. All right, let's do it. Uh, I think somebody asked. It's probably a spoiler from the community questions, but uh, uh, I guess have you always when 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 did you start making memes? How long have you been making memes? So I started making memes. Okay, so this is just gonna dive full in headfirst to my to what I refer to as my nerdery. Uh, I started doing it back probably in 2017, 2016, 2017. Uh, I started just doing it on Reddit. I used to make gifts. I used to make uh, high, what call what's known as high quality gifts on Reddit. I started doing that because I love being creative. And I would start making some memes. I used to post to thank memes. And so uh, I did that. And with axe throwing uh, and the sport of axe throwing and seeing what we post out there, uh, it's like, you know, fuck it. I'm going to take my chance of posting these memes and see if they land or not. Uh, And it's it's been going pretty well so far. So, yeah, I just... uh, Sometimes I just feel a little bit creative and something that someone says or a photo of someone just sparks something in me. And yeah, I, uh, I was thinking about this recently where, um, so right. Like, you know, we have like maker Monday in what sport of ax throwing. Um, and obviously like, you know, uh, the the best stuff that you see there is like you know just masterpieces of woodworking and you know just like you know just axes and so but I yeah. I like I, I got not like not like sad but I'm like that's like I don't I don't know how to make that stuff or I don't have the tools or the space to make that right. stuff but I'm like but it's like well uh, I guess there's other kinds of making right you know like like you know the yes. like, there's there's like the direct makers right like I make axes I make sheaths right like I feel like that's the like the the kind of like the tier one makers right yes uh and i'm like oh well, i guess I, I make like spreadsheets and websites and a, a podcast so like so i'm like i'm like a digital maker uh 
and then like oh it was like memes like that like that's a that's a type of making yeah man yep i mean hey yeah sure i'll i'll take it yep it's uh it's something that i I don't know i uh i spent a lot more time debating on the meme than i do uh posting it i would say that i spend a lot of time like does this make sense uh, will people get this? Is this going to offend anybody? Is this going to piss somebody off? Although, um, so this is full disclosure. Anyone who ever listens to, to this podcast is, um, I don't consider offensiveness at first, uh, only because I think the way comedy and, and wittiness works is you just have to do it off the cuff. That's it. Although if anything I would ever say or do offends anyone legit offends somebody, I would say, please let me know. I will have no problem apologizing for it because it's not about malice. It's not about getting under someone's skin or anything. I it's about purely getting everyone to laugh and not take ourselves so seriously. I but yeah. I spent a lot more time on critiquing my own memes than, than anything. For sure. And uh, on, the, on the topic of like, uh, you know, something being offensive, uh, this yeah. is something that like I've thought a lot about because I back like when I was in college or community college, I don't know, like, oh, well, a long time ago. Uh, and I tried a couple like stand up comedy open mics. I was yeah. I was not good. Uh, oh, really? But, but like I, at the time, I was but also congrats for you, man. That's not easy. But I was, I was also training like MMA at the time. And so just okay. imagine just like an athletic, like 22 year old drip of a dude going up there and being like and been like trying to do jokes about like ha- like having relationship trouble meanwhile like yeah the, like it, it just had no no life experience or no like unique takes you know it's just like just right. low-hanging fruit takes on current events like nah or or maybe some like you know uh early like kind of like shock jock jokes type and it's like like nothing yes like, like and but it was like it was just it was like the path of least resistance uh, and i think uh <laughs> Right. So, so, it, so it, oh god. No, I was gonna say it's funny you say that because I I've had a couple friends that have tried. Uh, one I knew a couple guys that did. There was like an improv class back in Pittsburgh. They did. Uh, and as goofy as it may be, kudos to anyone who does that. It's not easy like doing that stuff in front of people. And I went to see an open mic night on amateur night of a comedy club. Uh, my buddy who did it was actually he was actually pretty good because he was talking to the crowd, getting them engaged. Versus, um, it, again, it takes a lot to get up there. However, the guy who won that night was basically just telling inside jokes between him and his friends who all crowded the theater. So he won the contest that night, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it was, but yeah, it, that, no, that's really awesome you did that. It's not easy. Not easy to get up on stage. It like it's it's funny uh, the the dude that signed me up for the first open mic um, I told him I was I told him I just wanted to go watch and then I get there and yeah. he's like all right cool I signed you up you got five minutes like oh no uh, but he, he told me he's like yeah like you're either gonna get laughs like you're gonna be funny or you're gonna get support uh, now he said like I wish he would have clarified more he's like yeah like on your first time people are like forgiving but it's like yeah. oh this is my third time at the open mic they're like yeah be funnier. Like you yes. don't, you get no more sympathy laughs. <laughs> right? Uh, did you, do you ever watch the show? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, I watched the first several seasons multiple times, and I think whenever at one point, like they 
stopped being on whatever streaming service I had at the time. But uh, right. yeah, I, I, I consider myself like uh, Charlie's my favorite character. Uh, nice. So there's an episode where Charlie and Dee go to an open mic at a comedy club. And that's just what I was picturing because like Charlie, like she signs Charlie up and he just goes right up there and starts trying telling jokes and just like, goes, like starts freaking out. And when you're telling me your story, that's why like you were spotlight on you. Like your buddy's like, you're going up there next. And you're pretty good for the first 30 seconds. And all of a sudden, like the reality of the situation steps in. Nah, it wasn't even like a comedy. It was like at a, it was it was a coffee shop or a bar. It was okay. like it was like a it was somewhere like in Cleveland. It was like kind of a okay. like, a, like a hipster area. It was a cool spot. Like a, a lot of the people that like you know were at that open mic have since like gone on. You know the people that stuck yeah. with it have albums, been on Comedy cool. Central, written for some shows. So uh, that's cool. So, yeah, it's a uh, that's yeah. All right, that's a solid tangent. Uh, how yeah. do we get here? Uh, memes. All right, memes. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I think somebody asked. Uh, it's probably another spoiler from the community question. Uh, fa- favorite memes or? Uh... Oh, favorite meme. That's the, you mean the ones I made or just favorite meme ever? I what? Uh, you, you dealer's choice. My favorite meme ever, and I only say this because when I finally saw it, I almost pissed my pants laughing. It's the oh my god goosebumps girl. Do you know this meme? No, but I'm gonna Google. So it's a girl holding up Goosebumps books, and she and it's just she makes this face, and it's like, oh my god, Goosebumps, my favorite books, and like I nearly pissed my pants laughing at this thing because it's just, it's just so funny. Uh, so that's my favorite meme of like all time. I just it just cracks me up. My favorite meme that I created ever. Oh, I would honestly say, and I, I'll be, and it's because when I posted it, I'll never forget. I said, this is my Sistine Chapel. It was the Starlings, Starlings group of Starlings. And I took the, I took a headshot of, I think it was Starling, Comp, Psycon, Willie. Uh, and I put their heads on a flock of Starlings. <laughs> and to me, I was like, this is it. This is my masterpiece because it's so, it's like, yeah. Uh, that was one of my favorites. Uh, as far as other ones I really liked, um, I like the ones that take pot shots at bottle. Okay. I, I like, I like, I like those. Uh, um, straight, straight to jail? Yeah, I like I like that one. Uh, I like the straight to jail one a lot because that, that scene cracks me up. I love Parks and Rec. Um, Wait, was that else? Parks and Rec or Portlandia? I'm, or I, I can't... That was Parks and Rec. Okay, I need to go back that, and rewatch them. Yeah, that was, I, I just started watching Portlandia, and I, I've been to Portland, Oregon several times, and it's weird how exaggerated, but how accurate it is, too. I haven't been to Portland. Uh, I'm sure I'd, I'm sure I'd have fun. It's, uh, I, Portland, it's, Oregon, pretty pretty cool city. Like, I feel like at this point, uh, I, I, actually, th- maybe this is, maybe this is a good segue into like some travel. Um, what uh, what are some some cities that you've been to that uh, are cooler cool. than like uh, some under the radar city that are cooler than like they get credit for? And what's a what's a city that you're like, you know, uh, just not for me. Like, I get it, and maybe some people love it, not for me. Uh, cities that were cooler than they get credit for. Um, that's actually pretty tough. I've been to a lot of towns. Um, Marquette, Michigan is a really cool city. Uh, that's close to me, but that's really cool. Um, cities that I think are overrated. Uh, I think, um, fuck it. Cause I'm from there. Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh is an overrated city. Because uh, only because I'm from there and I have a bit of a bias. Outside of that, uh, 
Jeez, that's really hard. That's really a hard thing to say because I, I, t- I honestly, I will tend to avoid a city that I, I would think is overrated. The number one city I have no desire to go to, I will flat out say, is New York City. No desire to ever go there. Um, city that I think is really, really cool. Um, that's really tough. Jacksonville was pretty cool. Uh, one of my best friends is from Jacksonville. I've uh, I've been there a few times. Uh, yeah, Jacksonville is a pretty cool city. Um, she's when we went out, me and Megan, we drove out to Idaho for a road trip. Um, Boise wasn't too bad. Uh, Boise wasn't bad. We went to Utah as well. We drove through there. Not too bad. Um, yeah, it's it's really hard to say. Uh, oh, you know what? The city that was really cool, uh, and it's only because I had a really great time there maybe, was uh, Palo Alto, California. I had a blast there. It was a fun time. Uh, I went there for work, and me and I, so my thing is um, I always look for dive bars because that's where the locals go. I don't look for tourist bars because those aren't tourists. Or those aren't locals. I mean, those are tourists. And I went to this dive bar in Palo Alto, it was literally on the Stanford campus almost. Like, you're on Stanford. And I'm there drinking, like, shitty beer with, like, doctorates and, uh, and college kids and, you know, tech bros. And it was pretty cool, to be honest. I don't remember the name of the bar. I think it was maybe the Golden Rose or something out in Palo Alto. Anyway, uh, Palo Alto was a really cool city. Um, what what, uh, what yeah. year was that? Because I imagine it's probably changed significantly since then. It's changed. That was when I was still at SAP. That was probably like 2015, 16. Yeah, I'm going to guess that uh, it's probably changed. Because yeah. like all of my favorite places, like all the – like. Like, I lived in Austin for like six years, and they there were yeah. some dive bars, but like it's weird. Even like the dive bars of Austin didn't feel like the dive bars of the Midwest. Right. Oh yeah, the mid yeah the Midwest is an interesting place to live. Very interesting. Uh, I never made it to Austin. I've been to Houston and Dallas. Never made it to Austin yet. It's fun. Uh, I mean, like uh, you know, I pick on it sometimes, but like I go back pretty much every time right. I get the chance. Uh, you know, I got um, most of the like most of the plate outside of like Urban Axes. It's like Urban Axes, yeah. Taco Joint, uh, and then uh, yeah, it's probably those are like my go to. It's like it's like if I go to Austin, I'm going. I'm gonna go go throw in my old home venue and I'm gonna uh, go get tacos from Taco Joint, and then be sad if I don't make it there before 3 p.m. and they close. Oh, not, yeah, I, I hear you on that. Uh, missing out on missing out on tacos sucks. Uh, speaking of food, late night food, last time we were at Toronto for INTC, it was me, Megan, uh, Justin Trafalski, a.k.a. Setzer. Uh, we were walking, and I think Vargo Vargason uh, was with us. And we were in Toronto walking around at like 2 a.m. and we found this amazing, amazing uh, Euro place. It was chicken Euros. They were phenomenal out of this world. Plus, I was pretty drunk at the time, so it hit the spot. Uh, oh, and coming back to coolest place most people don't know about, or maybe uh, during uh, my RV journeys, uh, Salisbury, North Carolina. Salisbury, North Carolina, awesome town, amazing food. If you like barbecue food, they have awesome food. So, yes. so is it like like Salisbury, like like the steak? Yes, spelled just like the steak. Did, did uh, you... And it's smack dab between Winston-Salem and Charlotte. 
Okay. Did uh did you eat any any of their namesake steaks while you were there? Uh, no, I did not have any Salisbury steaks there, but I can say that uh, for barbecue, there's a place there called the Smoke Pit in Salisbury. It is excellent. And for Charlotte, I would say either Max Speed Shop or that's the only one I can think of right now. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'll, I'll, it's like I don't eat a lot of barbecue, uh, but when so it's like I feel like um. It's like I don't eat enough of it to the point where, like, when I eat it, like, I enjoy it and I love it and I savor it. But then I have to pay the price because I'm not, like, acclimated to it. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, is if you're not a big meat eater, which I've been dabbling on trying not to be so much anymore. uh, If you're not used to it, yeah, it's just going to wreck your day. You're going to have the meat sweats and just want to take a nap. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I call it uh, call it slow blood. Yes, or uh, or is uh, my one buddy is it, the Chappelle show refers to it the itis. Yep. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, actually, I guess uh, that's probably a good transition to uh, pop culture. I feel like uh, I feel like we get a yes. lot of DMAC movie reviews. Oh yes, yes, movie reviews. So I love, 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 love watching movies. Uh, before me and you started talking today, I was listening to. Um, it's called the We Hate Movies podcast, and it was their episode on Black Adam, which I just watched. And their review on it was aligned with mine in that. <sighs> no offense to anyone who likes that movie, but that movie was a piece of shit, just top to bottom, just horrible, horrible movie. The the problem is, as I think with the DC movies and the recent Marvel movies, is there's a better movie in there somewhere. And that's the common theme. Uh, and do I know what it is? I have an idea. Yeah, I didn't write the movie, so. But yeah, movies. Yeah, I, I love watching movies. I uh, like, I'll. I don't watch. Like, I pretty much only watch TV. Like, wind down at night, and like me and the wife are on the couch. Um, yeah. And but like I'll watch like trash movies like I'll like I'll watch Michael Bay Transformers and just be entertained not because oh, yeah, I love yes. them for what they are but they're just entertaining like it's just yes. it's explosions it's like there's stuff's going fast and stuff's blowing up and I'm a little kid and it's entertaining yes so I went so funny you say Michael Bay's Transformers I went to see that opening weekend and all, honestly I said look. They just have to play that transforming noise one time and the emission that, that's worth it to me. That's all they have to do. And they did. And I was like, I'm done. I'm out. Although I, I gave up after the second one. Did you, have you seen the second one? Which is the one, it? which is the one where the human goes to transformer heaven. That's the second one. And Oh my yes, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying that because I, I literally had a fuck you moment when I saw that I was like, he went to transformer heaven Fuck this! See, I like, loved it. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was so well, no, ridiculous and absurd. Fuck this in a bad way. I mean, I was like, "This is batshit crazy!" Like, fuck that. This is batshit insane. And I love that you brought that up. Yeah. No. Like, and here's the thing. Like, people are like, "Oh, it's got plot holes, and this doesn't make any sense, and this doesn't adhere to the canon." It's just supposed to be distract. Like, did it get you to stop thinking about work for a little bit? <laughs> yes. Yes. So it's funny you say that. Um, so uh, I do have my own website that I I rarely ever touch, and I have a movie review part of it. And I was it was basically movie reviews with DMAC, movie reviews with DMAC. Is, is that the, I was the website? Chain. Yeah, uh, the the website is DMAC to Electric Boogaloo. Okay. 
dot com. Yes. Dot, dot, what? dot com. Yes. Dot com. Uh, and I, so I'm changing the name of my movie reviews to dot dot dot. And the answer is it's just a movie because while I love pointing out plot holes in movies, the reality is it's just a movie, you know, and, and that's just it. Like I, um, I, yeah, I love watching movies. Um, what ones have I watched recently? Uh, most recent one I watched, I've been watching the MCU again recently. Uh, I just actually watched Age of Ultron again, and it's better than I remember it being. Um, it's a big old mess, but that's because that's due to Josh Whedon. Josh Whedon is not a very good director. Um, he's he's very uh, messy. But Age of Ultron was really good. Uh, yeah, uh, the other movie I just watched recently, um, Night of... Night of the Creeps was another movie I just watched recently. Classic 80s horror movie. Check it out. You will not be disappointed. Okay. One of the things that's uh, been uh, weird for me with, like, movies um, – also, uh, I started uh, – like doing like more therapy recently my mom passed away like uh, in october and so i've been trying to like trying to just like you know be an adult and take my brain to the brain mechanic more um and so i've been watching movies and it's like you know, like just like uh like the walking dead like i i just like i gave up on the walking dead i'm like nah man like this is this is i don't like it's like when i'm like getting stressed about not work stuff i'm like nah i don't need yeah. it. i don't gotta go through this <laughs> Like just right. Well, it's just like stuff. It's just like too brutal. Like I'm like that. Nah, yeah. I've, I've I've been there and watched like the like the grotesque or like the over the top stuff. I'm like, but it's kind of like once you've seen one, you're like, all right, yeah, this okay. Right. First, sorry to hear you lost your mom. Uh, and very happy to hear you're in therapy for the, for that. That's really good. And as far as like like the Walking Dead thing, as you said, yeah, I feel the same way. So that I used to. Um, I still love it. It's one of my all-time favorite movies and actually favorite books, uh, the movie Fight Club. I still watch it a lot. Um, I will flat out say, I think people get the wrong message from that book. Uh, That's a Chuck Palahniuk? Yes. I, I read the book and watched the movie like a bunch of times, too many times. Like it probably, well, there's like just the cliche, like young, young 19-year-old, 20-year-old male. Yes. Yes, uh, Tyler Durden is, should be no one's role model, uh, and if he is, you, you took the wrong message uh, of of the story. Uh, but I used to love watching that movie, and now I don't know. It's weird because it feels like a time and a place for me in a sense. Uh, much like you talk about like movies with like the brutality in it or The Walking Dead. Uh, it's funny you say The Walking Dead because I completely gave up on that series. Uh, I watched up until they debuted Negan. Up until they debuted him, I watched, and then I, I quit watching after that because to me, that's to me that's where it ends. Uh, only because it had the um, I love this other show too, but it had the Dragon Ball Z effect where heroes face insurmountable insurmountable enemy, they reach a new level to defeat them, and then new enemy comes along. And I saw that with The Walking Dead, and it started becoming more and more noticeable, like. Okay, they're safe now. Who's going to be the next big bad that comes along or they inadvertently run into that makes almost little to no sense? Although The Walking Dead, I used to really love. Um, I love Negan more than the governor, only because Negan to me made more sense because I don't know. He just seemed to be a dude that was scared shitless trying to survive and make it. And that was it versus the governor where it was my way or the highway in a sense. Yeah. Although I know the comic and show are different as well. 
So I don't want people like I don't want anyone on this podcast uh, <laughs> coming at me about about well actually well actually if you're in episode uh, comic book twenty nine of yeah and actually spelled a k s h u a l l y yes um, exactly uh, uh yeah what's um I guess uh what what are some some movies that you think don't get enough credit right like what's a uh, like what's Ooh. what's something that, like um you know either like one that you're like everybody should know about this one why doesn't anybody why don't more people know about this one movie tv show just like just good like Ooh. i think like uh, i think there's yeah. a lot of shows that like you're like this is great this is great this is great and then just shit the bed at that like like lost uh like you know um game of thrones so so i know i'll be all full disclosure i never saw lost before you're not, i know how it ends i never saw it you're not missing it. uh game of thrones i will flat out tell everyone right now game of thrones it, stop watching after stop watching before season six to stop watching it ends um i i damn it i don't want to say when because i don't want to give anything away uh game of thrones uh i loved it until it just became cool shit to do cool shit uh i, I really really dislike that so i, I love cool shit it. just to do cool shit well, right. It, I'll say in a certain aspect. So this is where I take pot shots at the MCU because it's bullshit to do bullshit, much like later Star Wars movies. But I still love them immensely. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I fucking love Star Wars. You can slap it on anything. I'll watch it. I don't care. Um, uh, hey, so, so I'm sorry. Uh, remind okay. Don't let me forget about the Mandalorian. I got I, okay. something, something you said about DBZ reminding Mandalorian. All right. So go on about uh, okay. cool so shit to do cool movies, shit. So <laughs> under so. Underrated movies are movies that flew under radar. One is a horror movie. Uh, it's called Oculus. Check that movie out. It is way underrated. It, and I will say it was underrated due to poor marketing and the fact that it was made by WWE films. It is like the wrestling? Real, yeah, like wrestling. Yeah. Yes. WWE does, films made this movie. Does it have anything to do with wrestling movie? or is it just no, them? Nothing. Like they're like, we're going to do a sci-fi movie. It was them. Like we're gonna we're gonna sponsor this this movie. Uh, it is an awesome movie. Uh, I loved it a lot, uh, and I watched it several times, and it just it blew me away. Um, as far as other movies that I think are, and this is just me being me, Howard the Duck from the nineteen eighties. That is a cinematic piece of gold. It is a midget in a duck suit, and he talks, and it has Leah Thompson in it, and she's amazing. It has Tim Robbins in it. Uh, Jeffrey Jones, which, asterisk, pre-troubles Jeffrey Jones because this guy was busted for Katie stuff, or allegedly. Uh, but I say that only because he is a good actor. Uh, and I say that because I still watch Kevin Spacey movies, and I still like uh, the show House of Cards that he was in. Up until uh, after the second season, stop watching. There's no point. Um, other movies that flew under the radar. Jeez, um, it's hard for me to say because I watched so many um, movies that really surprised me. Well, I guess while you think about it, we could talk about The Mandalorian. Oh, Mandalorian. Yeah, we could talk about The Mandalorian. So, I've, so I've seen the first season and I've seen parts of the second season. All I really got to say about that is uh, you mentioned like the DBZ thing where like – into like you know a, a, an invincible bad guy you know, yes. the, the group comes together and they somehow beat him and then like all right now do it again in the next episode uh i yeah. saw a tweet that basically just summed up the mandalorian like hey can you take this baby yoda like yeah i could take the baby yoda and like all right 
but you got to do this mission for me. All right, I did the mission. Take the baby Yoda. Actually, I can't take it. You got to go to this other planet. But there, and it's like yeah, I yep, yeah. That that whole the whole the whole effect of that, and I to that point, it really comes down to how good the actors are. Then, and I think the actor playing the Mandalorian is a really good, even though The Last of Us and. I know it's a really good game, and people are raving about the series. Yet, I'll probably not watch it until it's not airing. Yeah, I know. I know nothing so, about it. I don't even have. I don't even have HBO. I don't even know which streaming services I do and don't have right now. At this point, I just like. <laughs> I at this point, it. I'm just like I'll watch a show and like I'm done, and I just cancel it, and then like I'll go to like oh right. a new shows on it, and I'll go huh oh, I don't have that one. All right, I'll sign up again, and I'll watch it, and I'm like right. all right, cancel it again. I um yeah I honestly I can't tell you the. The one show I watch on a regular basis is It's Always Sunny. And Megan and I, we watch a lot of CSI and Law and Order. I love Law and Order SVU. Love that show. It's great. Yeah. The one the one thing I've learned about those shows is this is the everyone listening to the podcast. If you're ever if police are like, can we talk to you? Say, no, I need a lawyer. That is it. But those shows would only be 30 seconds long if everyone did that. Is um <laughs> is is Ice T in Law and Order? He is in Law, Law and Order SVU, and he is amazing at it. So, I like I love the irony of Ice T from Body Count. Yes, being in Law and Order. Uh, that I don't know if a lot of people get that reference, uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's real, real, <laughs> it's like so, real, real flip, uh, flip of the table. Yes. So, Body Count for anyone who doesn't know, Ice T uh, is. Technically, like a jack of all trades. So he joined a heavy metal band. He started as a rapper, right? Yeah, he was a rapper originally, which um, some of his albums, amazing. um, Ron Pays and Power, amazing hip-hop albums. Uh, But he joined a metal group called Body Count, and they released a song called Cop Killer. And he, yeah, and now Ice-T is known for playing a detective. Although Ice-T, I love Ice-T because uh, the movie... New Jack City, which another movie everyone should see. New Jack City, uh, Ice T, Wesley Snipes, awesome movie. Uh, Ice T has one of the greatest lines in cinematic history. Uh, when he's apprehending Wesley Snipes, he says, "I want to shoot you so bad that my dick is hard." <laughs> and I, so here, so the first time I saw this movie, I was like a teenager, and I nearly did a spit take. And for anyone who doesn't know what a spit take is, it's where have liquid in your mouth and you spit it out because the reaction is so so over the top and i think that is one of the greatest lines in, in cinematic history is this because is milk yeah. coming How out your nose a spit take without breaking character you know you like the the thing looks like milk came out my nose would that be considered yes. a spit take yes that would be a spit take all right so it's uh uh this is uh yeah, we uh, we've gone a lot of off roading. One of the things that uh, maybe maybe just to like at least re- uh, refresh our memory that um, this is sometimes about axe throwing. Um, you mentioned uh, bear, bear with me because uh, WWE movie. Uh, yes. And I, I think you and I were talking a little bit like you know earlier before I clicked uh, started recording. Uh, what like because I don't watch WWE now. I don't watch pro wrestling now. Right. But I loved watching it when I was in like elementary school. Because yes. and it's like it was entertaining. It still is entertaining, right? Like, and so what? Like, uh, I guess is 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 there anything like if you could make the sport of axe throwing more entertaining or grow the sport, right? Uh, what 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 stuff from wrestling would you borrow? 
Oh, see, that's tough. Um, the number one thing I could think of is how wrestling would do the the wrestling promos, where it's like you know you're interviewing a wrestler and they get real jacked up and they start spouting off whatever cocaine fueled ramblings that they have, like Macho Man and, and Ultimate Warrior. I think those things are, are to me the funniest things about it is is those one on one like promo spots. Um, as far as modern day wrestling, I don't know. I really don't watch modern day wrestling because to me, I think wrestling peaked in the eighties. I, I honestly do. I think that was that was the best time. Although the Attitude Era and the WCW NWO era era was great. Um, I still think the eighties uh, wrestling was was top notch uh, i'm gonna challenge you and i'm gonna say that mankind was the pinnacle of wrestling mankind okay okay i can i can see mankind okay i see that because i mean that was a big thing um because the funny thing is is i never really was a cactus shack fan like i don't know why but mankind to me i thought was was great because he was deranged but he was comical enough and i think that it, it was very good for wrestling because um Geez, how is it? It's like you got to walk on eggshells when you say this. It's not that wrestling is fake, yet it is a very choreographed performance. Well, I mean, you know? like it's it's like maybe like you know it might be like the injuries are real, <laughs> like oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Like uh, I and, remember watching Sid Vicious break his leg on like WCW Nitro. Like, oh yeah, that's that's very real. Like these these guys and women, these guys and gals, what they're doing, very very real. The outcomes. That's kind of. Uh, I get a Facebook notification like Roman Reigns hasn't lost in three years. And I'm like, because it's scripted. That way. <laughs> like, like, I wait, like, I, I love that wrestling makes it on the sports center. Like, I, like that, like a top 10 oh, play I, goes on the sports yes. center. Like I, oh, I, I love, it, love it too. and it, it, it belongs there. Like, like I, sure. I, I absolutely love it. Yes. I, I think re- professional wrestling is the ultimate American sport because it is entertainment jack all the way up. And, yeah, the outcomes may be predetermined, but who cares? You don't you don't watch it for the outcome. You watch it for the drama. Like they ran the play well. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Plus, I can't. How many of us could really do what those guys do? Like that is insane. Those guys are athletic all day long, and I would I would say again, I would never say what they do is fake. Just that the outcomes are predetermined. Whatever, and even if they are, I don't care, man. You guys do a great fucking show. It's it's awesome, but I I love wrestling of, of the eighties and nineties. Mankind is is a classic wrestler. Um, I think the match he got thrown through the cage was in Pittsburgh, the Hell in the Cell, um, against the Undertaker. And I keep reading new things about it where both the Undertaker and Mankind like really didn't want to do that. <laughs> Because, can you imagine like, doing that to like your buddy? You're like, all right, what are we doing today? Oh right? no! Wait, for real? Are you? Do we have to? You have to, right? Like, all right, well, let's go. Let's go have some beers first. And that's I see. This is why I love like all these behind the scenes wrestling stuff because they talk about how they talk to each other in the ring. And I'm like, okay, so these are just two buddies just goofing around like they would in their bedroom with their parent, like for sleepovers, right? Like we're just. Two bros having sleepover just wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, uh, you know how you know how like the like the icon like a light bulb is like a, an idea, right? Yeah. Like the uh, I I had one of my friends who uh, is a designer. Uh, I had them make me um, 
that, but like the icon for a dumb idea, and it's just a broken light bulb with no like illumination lines. I love it. Um, uh, and I just had an idea uh, for axe throwing. Uh, we should have an axe throwing cage match. It's just a target in a cage. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I would love it. I, you know what? I would love it. And the funny thing you say that is, I've thrown in places like that. So, uh, Valhalla in uh, Pittsburgh, they have a location where it's little. It, so it's. It's not dangerous in any way, and it is too spec. I just want to preface that. But it feels like you're throwing in a cage, like a steel cage. <laughs> and it's, it's pretty funny, and that leads me to saying, like, I love how no two venues are the same. I fucking love it. I absolutely love it. Some places are, like, super bare bones. Some places it's like walking into a Vegas casino. Yeah, I, um, it, it, especially like if you've been to like uh, like I I did get to go to uh, Urban Philly before it closed, and yeah. uh, they I'd see why they named it Urban because you're like this like like uh, you know you go to you go to like or uh, what, what's the one of the ones in Canada where the floor is it Villiers the floor is not level you got the step or like oh, a, you know, but like yeah. uh, you Which know one is that? like you go to some of like the old venues and you're like this is What's the name of this venue? Asbestos axe throwing? Like, <laughs> there you go. Right? Yeah, I knew it. So I didn't get a chance to go to Urban Philly, which sucks. That would, that would have been cool um, to to check that out. Uh, it really, uh, I never threw out of there, and I uh, I gotta say, I gotta be honest, I thought that was kind of sad to, to see that to see that close. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was a very sad moment in in axe throwing. To be honest, that and. Um, the uh, what was it, the clutchies when I heard that the solos were being canceled for this year? I don't know. I just thought that was very sad. It, not not in like in a sad lame way, but in a sad like I don't know. Um, that's a bummer. Yeah, it's it's a bummer just because uh, there's a lot of a lot of goofing off we all have and a lot of poking fun at each other we have, which which is great. And yeah, yeah. I uh, obviously like uh, you know, Urban Axe is, is close. Or Urban Philly is close, but uh. I, yeah. I, I feel like uh, I feel like you know I'm optimistic that there will be a clutches of the future when that when you know it, it, I hope it, so. it, well you know I I'm I'm hopeful I, I don't know that I don't have any yeah. inside knowledge I'm just like I'm just I'm, I have faith which is not right, a sense yes. that I often say <laughs> yeah yeah axe throwers thankfully uh, the community is pretty decent with uh, you know what we're we'll find a way to get it done through around or over. For sure, cool. We, uh, I think we're about like an hour and a half in. Um, I don't know Ooh. if there's anything that you uh, that you wanted to get to, but uh, if not, we can start moving into some of the community questions. I think there's a bunch. Um, we might have already got some. But... Thing I wanted to get to. Uh, no, it's just in the back of my mind. I keep thinking about the movie stuff. Um, no, uh, I can't think of anything else. I would just say if anyone ever wants to know a movie to check out, feel free to reach out to me. I love watching movies. We'll check. Um, we'll check and, out the website oh, that you I'll built. <laughs> Yes, I will say this. Um, uh, I'll flat out start out with, uh, before we get the top uh, questions, hot take. Star Wars The Last Jedi was the best movie since Empire Strikes Back. Period. End period. Full stop. You can come at me all day you want. The Last Jedi was the second best Star Wars movie. Is that the one uh, where they had uh, CGI Leia? That was, yes, that was the one where Leia, CGI Leia, came using the Force, came back into the ship, which I will defend and say that, first, well, let's disclose this. No one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans, but I will I will say this. Leia using the Force to live in space and come back into the ship is wrong, but yet Luke 
somehow becoming a Jedi master without any view of training and being a, a, la- a wizard with a laser sword. That's, that's okay. Yeah. I, my, again, and my, again, going back to my title of my, my movie thing, dot, 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 the answer is it's a movie. And that's just it. The, there's um, love Star Wars. hearing you say that there's a there's a, a comedian. I think he's based out of Columbus named uh, Eric Tate. He's actually a comedy magician. He's like won okay. awards or like you know, like took third and third. I don't know what. It, um, but I, I knew him when I lived in Columbus. Uh, hilarious dude. Uh, he recorded his album in Columbus and he had a joke on it where, um, I'm gonna butcher it, but like I, I think I could at least convey it. Where it's like watching Harry Potter with somebody and. Yeah. Uh, Harry's chasing the little what's it the the snitch the little gold wingy snitch, yeah yeah he he's like, somebody's chasing it up into the atmosphere and the temperature's plummeting and it's starting to freeze and the broom's starting to crack uh, yeah. and the person he was watching the movie with says like oh bullshit and he's like that's where we lost you you just watched somebody push a shopping cart into a brick wall <laughs> right yeah so the funny thing is you say Harry Potter so I I will full disclosure I do really love those movies. Uh, because they go from children's movies into young adult. I, I do like that. Although I love ragging on them because I'm like, uh, that's that's just bullshit. No way. This kid, like this kid, like how he didn't end up being a shit kid is beyond me. Because the moment I found out, oh, Dumbledore, you gave me to my abusive relatives instead of letting me grow up in a safely surrounded environment. Like, are you fuck you, man? But anyway. No, I, lo- I love Harry Potter. I think I think that is that is a good story. Um, although I, I think Harry Potter fans are really weird today. But that's that's with any look any overly aggressive fans. I, I mean, like we're axe weirdos. Oh my god, we are, and that that's why that's why I'll say this right now. Maybe I'm being a hypocrite in criticizing Harry Potter fans. I mean, I'm an I'm an axe store for God's sakes, people like. Yeah, like yeah. It, it, I'm surprised. I'm surprised I even have a girlfriend. Okay, because <laughs> I mentioned I'm an axe thrower. They don't come running. Okay, they they run the other way. Uh, actually, it, maybe maybe uh, something that'd be fun to talk about uh, real quick before we get into the community questions yeah. is um one of the things that's been like I guess like for lack of a better term weighing on me uh, is like to like like. Like I think back to like my first like year of leagues, and you're like, "This is just yeah. what I do on Wednesday," and it's just like a fun little Wednesday evening party. Not a crazy party, sometimes a crazy party, but just like a fun little Wednesday activity. Before yeah. it like evolved to like, all right, I'm building my travel plans for the year around axe right. throwing, right? And like, uh, but like that, like it's. Like, that's a level of privilege to even, like, consider, right? Like, I think back to, like, community yeah. college, Bill, like, like, oh, man, I love this. Like, oh, how much is an axe? Can't afford it. How much is, uh, like, I can't afford to travel to a tournament. I can't afford, you know, yeah. however many hundreds of dollars for all of the disciplines to for to IETF and Waddle. I can't afford it. So it's like, so, like, yeah. it's weird to be, like, to, like, to have a good job and be able to, like, afford to, like, do a lot of it. And I, I like, I, right. I, 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 like... I, I want people to know, like, I, like, don't take it for granted. Like, it, like, if you do get to do that stuff, like, it is, it is really cool. Like, you know, because I'm sure there's a lot of people. Like, I imagine every league, there's somebody that's like, that's a monster, could be a monster, could be a champion, and like, they just can't afford to make it to all this stuff. Yeah. Oh, I, absolutely. I've seen a few of those throwers, uh, and it's not just that. It's also, um, I'll just use his name and his example, Shane Shep. Uh, unfortunately, he retired. He announced his retirement on like Facebook or Sport of Axe. I can't remember. 
no matter how official it is. But it was, but again, you know, he has life and some actors have life that they have to do. Like if they got a family and kids, I know, uh, Dave Alviso, Connecticut, I think he's another one where he talked about, you know, his availability because he has a kid now and yeah, not, not just the affordability of it, but being available. And it is very, uh, I feel extremely fortunate and lucky to sit there when I go to any tournament at all. And, uh, because yeah, it's one, it's not easy to get there. Uh, first and foremost, uh, you have to really believe that you belong there. And I don't mean to say that in a divisive, uh, or segregation way. Like, like everyone who goes to, yeah, yeah. That way, like you belong there in a sense, uh, Every thrower, I don't care how good you are, every thrower questions, do I really belong here? We all have the same jitters. And I, I will call that out any day of the week, and any top thrower can say I'm full of shit, but at the same time, no. I, I watch everyone's axes when you hold them. I see them shaking. Like, we're, we're all nervous as fuck. Uh, we're all scared. Uh, so, one, if you go to a tournament or marathon league, anything big, you do belong there. You belong in the action community. Um, and being able to afford it, that is awesome. And if you get to go, enjoy it. Uh, don't make, you know, I don't want to tell people what to do, but my thing is don't expect to come in first and win your money back. Like if your thing is, well, me winning is going to pay for this. I, I don't know what to tell you because you're, I don't want to say you're setting yourself up for failure. It's just, if it doesn't work out that way, well, now you're in the hole. So make sure you can go to the tournament, you know? And it's just uh, what I love to be able to go to every single one of them and see all of you at them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love seeing everyone in tournaments. It is awesome because I feel like it's reconnecting with everyone and and whatnot. So, yeah, it's it's a good thing to be able to go to tournaments and do marathon leagues. It's just but as you said about the money thing and even like personal life stuff, it's, it's not easy. So it does feel like almost a blessing or a privilege to be able to go to them. I guess, I guess maybe that's one of the reasons why, like, you know, so many of the events are, like, not like a family reunion because I come from a dysfunctional family. So it's like, uh, but like like a party, or, you know, where it's like, like, no, like the people that are here, for the most part, seem to appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. I've never, um, I've never come across, and this is to anyone listening, I've never come across anyone who's, I've ever heard say what the fuck are they doing here or why are they here and never ever heard that um, I hope it doesn't ever happen to be honest I mean maybe in a joking sense like what the fuck are you doing here kind of thing um, for my my part in it the external community has been has been awesome and it has quelled any doubts about if you should be anywhere or not like really uh, even if it's your first time um Usually, actors can spot that, and they'll make you feel well. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I feel you. I, uh, I think for like a little while, it's like maybe I can make a living with axe throwing. And my brain's like, hey, remember that time you thought you could make a living playing guitar? Oh, <laughs> oh my god, it's funny you say that. So I went to before we get into the questions. I guess this, this will be my last story. I went on a customer site visit uh, for the project I'm on right now. I'm hanging out with my my senior manager. And we do, of course, all the company introductions or whatever. And I tell everyone I'm a prof- quote-unquote professional axe thrower. And my manager asks me, so, you know, you got any tournaments coming up? What, you, is this uh, is this uh, your fallback plan in case your job doesn't work out? And I was like, buddy, I said, if you rely on axe throwing to pay your bills, I don't know what to say. 
because uh, and it, nothing against any of the organizations or powers that be. It's just you would have to win every tournament to make this a viable income. Like you'd have to win every tournament, every single tournament, I think, to make it viable. And yeah, I remember. Um, and what's like, I, 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 I hope and believe that, you know, down the road, I don't know how many years, I uh, hope five, ten, maybe, you know, maybe those like axe throwing prize pools start like closing some of the gap between like the cornhole, was it like cornhole, like yeah. champion wins a million? Uh, yeah, that's insane. Um, that is insane. Right, like, sure. I, I, I would love to think that like, you know, we're, you know, not that far away from that happening, but <laughs> also right. at the same time, like, you know, <laughs> definitely not forgetting like, you know, it's like like I throw for fun and for community and connection. Um, yeah. And it's like uh, it's like the amount of money I expect to make from axe throwing zero. The amount of money I expect to lose from axe throwing a lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the way I look at it too. And uh, as far as you said about the community, my biggest change, and this goes back to earlier, I started hating this sport because I was expecting way too much for myself. And honestly, I just. I root for I root for my opponent. Like, if you have to play your best game to beat me, that's cool. If your personal achievement is to beat me, or you got your high score, that's really awesome. Like, I played in a marathon league where some guy got his first eighty-one against me. That's fine. I'm happy for you. That's that's fucking great. I remember mine. It was awesome. Good for you. Uh, the other thing you mentioned, uh, shit, I had it and I lost it. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, I think um, actually, uh, last last thing again. Uh, uh, sure. Like, um, like hour forty in. Um, so I wanted to spend just a couple minutes uh, just nerding out on some like project management stuff, and like this could oh, just yes. be this could just be uh, like the like this the TLDR. But um, have you ever heard the phrase "good, fast, cheap, pick two? Oh, absolutely. Yes. It's just like, yes, no, maybe. Or my way, their way, or the highway. Uh-huh. Like, like I, it's why I've, I've worked on like a whole bunch of different projects or different orgs or, you know, and, and it's kind of like, I, I, I've like been frustrated where like, you know, I get put on a project. I'm like, well, I'm on this project, so I want to do it good. But then like, I had to like mature and realize like, no, like, this, like this project is just to check a box like this is to yeah. just check or like this particular but then other projects are like okay no we need to get this one right like like yes. if we don't get this one right it's a problem but like oh this one this is just for like maybe a prototype internal tool that's only going to be used once a week by one person you're like okay slap it together like yeah. like fa- fast and cheap this is a fast and cheap project you're like okay this is a customer facing project on an enterprise thing like okay good 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 is what's most important on this project and like learning to like balance those kind of trade-offs like all right what's what's like oh, yeah. the, the profile for this particular and i think it applies to axling right like if you if you're talking about like an like okay i got a new head i don't really you know i just want to try it out just i just want a, a cheap simple handle sure yeah this is my main yeah, thrower yeah, i want yeah. a good i want a good handle yeah, the, no, that, that's very true. I think that's why I send any axes I want, like, really good handles. That's why I send them off to the makers. Because me, I'm like, yeah, yeah that's good enough. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it, it's on there. But yeah, uh, as far as, oh, my God, project management. So this was before my time in project management, but it's where I got my first dose of it. I was an application developer. 
And it's super, super simple task. It was literally adding uh, a field to a web page. Boom, done. I was done in like five minutes. Like next, next ticket. My supervisor comes back and he's like, no, you got all these defects. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said, well, you didn't do the database work. And I said, well, we have DBAs for that. What do you mean I didn't do the database work? Like, I finished my part. I did the, the development. I coded it. I set it off. DBA should do that. Oh, no, 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 no. You got to do all that. Well, what the hell do we have DBAs for then? <laughs> well, will they just create the tables? Okay. Uh... I could just do that myself. Like, so we have people hired here just to create tables. That's it. Like, can I have that job instead? <laughs> what the hell? Um, yeah. My, oh my god, the world of programming. Uh, I was I was burned out on that within a year just because it, it was it. Um, it's not that programming is a bad profession. It's just be prepared to have to do everything. Seriously. One, uh, I, I went to a coding boot camp, and uh, one of my friends from the boot camp, um, he finished it. But yeah. by the end, he's like, like, he went to the boot camp. He's like, I want to get into tech. I want to become a software engineer. I hear it's a good job, uh-huh. you know, like, uh, and I want to get in on it. And so he did the boot camp. And by the end of the boot camp, he's like, No, I don't want to do that anymore. And, right. and and the reason he gave was he's like, I never want to spend four hours of a day bashing my head against the keyboard only to realize that oh i missed a semicolon oh i used oh, i yeah. used quotes yes. instead of a dot to access a property of an object he's like i never want to do that again i'll i'll, I'll talk to people i'll talk to customers I'll, i want to do that before i just oh, yeah. comb code looking for one missing character yeah it, it it becomes very old very quick uh it did for me and i got into the project management side of things which not too bad it, it has its its pluses and minuses i'll say this a project manager maybe you know this they're only as good as the team that they have like really like i'm a great project manager because my team they they get the work done and i assign to them and i don't have to worry i don't have to check in i don't have to worry about them when i host calls they're the ones talking i'm like hey you got anything else and they're there I've had bad teams where I got to be on top of them all the time. And it's, yeah, it's, it's insane. Well, isn't there like another level of it? Cause it's, it's not just the project manager and the team, but it's like the stakeholders above the project manager or oh like the executives God, yes. or the investors where it's like, you know, cause I, I've worked on that stuff where like, all right, the team is aligned on this. And, but then like the, you know, the executives or the directors aren't all like they have, they're not aligned with that. And then you're like, well, we're doing this because we're under these assumptions. Like, oh, well, they're assuming nope. they're assuming X. We're assuming Y, and then it's like a week before the project's due. You're like, oh, uh, this is like a <laughs> uh, uh, like a, a shared understanding canyon. Like, <laughs> like we are not yes. on the same page. Yes, I, I've had many of those as a project manager. Uh, I will, I, I'll flat out name dropping right now. Uh, the my biggest pride on that was I was on a project with eBay. And I was on the phone with the people who run eBay, basically having that conversation, like not yelling at them, but basically saying, what is it you want to get done? Because none of you are making any sense. And I have the people who run eBay, basically they haven't, they bought software. They don't know what the hell it is. They're like, we don't even know what we bought. What did we buy? And it was, it was a lot of fun, but yeah, it's uh, the levels of doing project management and going upwards and the the less and less people know and you start feeling like you're teaching a kindergarten class. I swear to God, seriously. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> uh, 
this is like um written written communication very important i've uh yes. uh you know especially like before remote work when it's like oh we oh we went to lunch and we talked about it at lunch did you tell anybody what you guys came up with nah did you nah, post an update no. nope send an email no uh-uh. Uh, cool. So you, cool. So, so what'd you talk about? <laughs> so you two have all the context and nobody else knows what's going on. Yep. Yeah. That's honestly, I'm a very big email only communication proponent. I'm like, put everything in writing. And it's for only because I used to work in a place that was cover your ass. Yep. And I've dealt with, he said, she said stuff. I'm like, nah, I need that shit in writing. You gotta send me an email or I need you to reply exactly what you're doing. Oh, uh, what one time I, I, I hate meetings probably cause I'm a software engineer. Um, uh, <laughs> uh I, uh, here's, uh, a, like I got out of a meeting and this is how I did. Somebody's like, Hey, can we hop on a call to like talk about this? Um, and I was like, well, can you just ask me the question via Slack and then maybe I can answer right. it now and we don't need to put 30 minutes on the calendar. Um, and it's like, well, I think it'll just be easier to talk about in like, you know, on zoom or whatever, like, okay. Uh, and so I said like, all right, well, can you give me the questions now so I can prepare for the meeting? And so it's like, I, I got the questions and then I answered the questions in like five minutes. And I, it's like, um, and so I feel like I Jedi mind tricked myself out of a meeting. Yeah. Yep. I know what you mean. And I honestly, I love that because I, oh my God, well, my only rule right now, role right now is to do a bunch of meetings, but yeah, the whole, like, we can just do it through email. Like, that's cool. Let's do that. Now, now that also assumes that the other parties are good at written communication, right? Yes, that too. Oh my God. <laughs> like, uh, uh, it's like lots of like just generic, like, Oh, it, what is it? <laughs> you know? Yes, exactly. Or, uh, or, or, or tone. Well, that's not how I meant it. Uh, you don't get tone. You can't fall back on tone or body language. You gotta. Right. <laughs> Sweet. So let's uh, let's go ahead and move into the community questions. Uh, I don't do I, I don't recognize a lot of these names, so I'll have to. Uh, oh. That, 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 that's fine. It might just be you know di- different different people from different regions that you know I don't know from different leagues. So, uh, all right, here we go. Uh, all right, from Chester James asks, has anyone ever seen him and the infamous DMAC in the same room? Oh, Chester, I know him. Uh, he Chester is a, is a real scumbag, uh, and I say that with <laughs> nothing but love. Uh, me and I, well, I hope so, uh, that we're one and the same, because I'm wearing his underwear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, we are one and the same. Uh, so, funny backstory, the, the nickname DMAC uh, comes from, years ago, I went back to college, and it was a friend of mine, Jeff, he just started calling me DMAC. Uh, and it, and for anyone wondering what it stands for, it's just D David Mac McIntyre, and that's it. D Mac. I don't buy it. I kept thinking of something more sinister, uh, but I, I, I just I, I haven't. Yet. All right, cool. Well, all right. So uh, next next question is from Brennan Burke. Uh, favorite location ever to throw in? Ooh. So. Um, I will say, and this isn't anything personal against any facility, uh, I would have to say Game of Axes. Game of Axes uh, out of Florida is my favorite place to throw out of uh, because um, it has that perfect balance of 
sort of league dive bar-y feel and constant party feel. Where Where is that? Which part of Florida? So Game of Axes is located in southern Florida, West Palm Beach, uh, Boca Raton. Uh, they have a location. Yes, yeah, in south Florida. Okay. I actually, yeah, I lived on the in, Atlantic uh, side, not the Gulf side. I lived in Fort Lauderdale for like three months. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. Okay. I uh, I was like a twenty. It was twenty eleven. I was like a twenty four year old snowbird and like the uh, relationship ended, dead end job. I'm like yeah. I'm moving to Florida. I hate the Cleveland winters. And, there you go. And I went there. I was like, all right, it's expensive, and I still have a dead end job. I gotta go right. back to college. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, cost of living, man. It's the worst. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, oh, I think this uh, next question is from Fran. Uh, I think you might have already answered it, but uh, so favorite meme you've ever created? What did you say? Starling? That's your yeah, the Starling, channel? the flock of Starlings, Starling, Starlings, I think was my favorite meme I've ever created. Uh, that one sticks out to me. Um, uh, yeah, that's one that sticks out to me in my mind just because I feel like that was that, that was spot on. Okay. Uh, next one is from uh, Rye Rig, uh, Urban Cincy. Right. Uh, does he remember anything from after the pre-regionals marathon? After, yes. I remember we went to Bar Louie. Uh, we got some more drinks. I remember I got something to eat, and I drove back to the hotel. So I do remember some things, just not everything <laughs> after that. I do remember having an excellent time. Wait, was that pre-regionals or after regionals? Uh, right, asked after the pre-regional marathon. So after the oh, marathon. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I remember going to Bar Louie across the street from the venue and hanging out for a bit. Uh, I funny, Here's the funny story. Uh, me and Dustin Kerr, uh, Purple Bunny, we were going to get breakfast the next morning, and... Uh, I got back to my hotel at like two in the morning and, and I was like, he wants breakfast at seven. Oh, dude, I'm not. No way. So I, I set an alarm. 7 a.m. Yeah. So I set an alarm for like seven. I think I woke up and I was like, dude, I'm going to get an extra, uh, some extra sleep here. No way. It ain't happening. Cause you know, you wake up hungover and you know, you just know it. And yeah, that was fun. I don't wake up at 7 a.m. on work days. Oh shit. So I, I wake up for work. I try. I wake up at seven. Although, so I, full disclosure, I, I'm one of those PMs that my first calls at nine. Yeah, I don't start working until nine, I guess. I mean, I'll put in nine to five, so to say. But uh, again, this is because my team is so good. Thankfully, knock on, knock on wood. My team is that good at it. Yet, uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, Whew. I used to wake up at five in the morning to get to work. I worked on one project where I was like uh, working with some contractors in India and then some contract or like and then a client in Germany. And so it's like, yeah. Uh, so it's like, all right, I gotta, I'll catch the contractors at the end of their day or at the beginning of their day, and I'll catch the. Uh, it was a mess. It was like it's like I'm oh, logging yeah. on at like seven a.m. and working until like seven p.m. I don't miss those days. Yes. Yeah. I, that was how it was when I worked in my previous job. I had a team, I had some team in India and some team in Europe and trying to work. I, I never got to step away. It was a nightmare. You're like, can you work on three different continents worth of time zones? No, I cannot. Yeah. Right. I got into a very big debate with my manager because I got called out for missing an email at like 2 a.m. my time because my client was on the West coast in, in the U S I'm like, what am I supposed to sleep, bro? What am I supposed to sleep, man? <laughs> yeah, that's one of 
And that's why you don't work for that <laughs> in that same circumstance anymore. That's that's why I don't work in that job anymore. It's right. <laughs> cool. Uh, all right. So uh, next question is from uh, I assume it's crushing Kyle Grape. Okay. Uh, DMAC, are the rumors true that you're starting up the Daddle, the DMAC X Throwing League? Oh, oh, oh! He was uh, he wasn't supposed to say that. No, I don't have the DMAX X Throwing <laughs> League starting that. Uh, is it, it, what the hell would that even look like? I don't know. Um, would I like to have my own X Throwing organization? Uh, am I that much of an egomaniac? Uh, yeah, sure. I would love to do that. I, I would love to do that and have it open for the community. Uh, only because um, I think out of the main axe-throwing organizations we have now, I think they both offer something, but they don't offer everything to their axe-throwers. Um, IETF seems to be sort of the best of being hands-on and hands-off in a sense. Uh, I know everyone loves to debate what is a modified axle or IETF? Waddle to me is just too serious, and they need they need to to so, loosen the reins up and, and lighten up a little bit. I I mean, like I, I like them both. I also don't think that like it's possible for any. I mean, like I'm sure it's possible. I don't think it's likely that any uh, system or affiliation or organization or whatever. Uh, could be everything to everybody and i think it'd be probably a mistake to try um right? I, think I, so. no. I think for the people that like you know uh it, it, and i now just like uh like waddle it's like you're telling me i i, st- I still have a chance to maybe be on espn like right. like like right like as as a 35 year old man like that's like okay like I, I could i might still i could still be cool like you know i could still right. be oh yeah Absolutely. Uh, I think I'll say this right now. Um, Out of everyone who made it on ESPN this year, uh, I don't remember everyone's name. Um, I know Comp, Dylan Teets, Manny Cole. Manny Cole made it, right? Yeah, he made it. Yeah. Onto ESPN. Um, Tyler Flynn, uh, Ben Crescenzo, Kyle Durant, uh, Colby Dean. Who else am I forgetting? I I hate, so I'll full say this. I hate name dropping just because I don't want to forget anyone's name. That's why I always say I hate name dropping. Uh, I think that is incredibly cool. All of them got on ESPN. It's flat out. Seriously, that is cool. Hell yeah. 100%. The the fact that I've shared like even like a five second conversation with any of those guys at any point, maybe. Yeah. I'm like that. That's that's really cool. (laughs) Yeah. I I super nerd out at these things. Like it is. It is cool to like, you know, watch TV or like browse. You're like, oh, like oh, hey, like right. I drink beer with that person, like you know. Like, yeah, like I know this guy. This guy told me to. This guy told me to fuck off. Like yeah, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> my my kid will knock on I, that I that I don't know. My kid be like, oh, dad, you you know athletes, and I'm like, uh, athletes athletes might be putting it lightly, son. And let, let's let's dial it back. Oh, well, I just, <laughs> well, I just had a I just had a terrible question, and it's it's not like offensive. It's just, it's more of like a quandary. Uh, yeah. Who do you think is a better athlete, a pro wrestler or an axe a pro axe thrower? Pro wrestling. Like in terms of We're like not, physical fitness, sure. In terms of physical fitness, oh yeah, absolutely. In terms of like, okay, okay, physical fitness, professional wrestler. In terms of precision and skill, axe thrower. Wait, did I just say axe thrower for both though? Pro wrestler for physical, for precision skill, axe thrower. Okay. For, and I think I think that might be the only thing we we have above professional wrestlers. 
Yeah. Except I will say this though. I do believe uh, Mike Count could be a very good WWE heel for his promos only. I think he'd be really good at that. Okay. So, um, we got to get Kump as a, a commentator on pro wrestling next. Oh, I think so. I think he'd be really good at it. I think he would be a very good, like, Bobby the Brain Heenan uh, type, where he would, uh, yeah, he'd be a very good Bobby the Brain Heenan. He sounds smart enough to where he could undercut you, and you, you'd have to think about it a little bit to get, to get it. Okay. I can see it. All right. Uh, next question. Uh, another one from uh, Crush and Kyle Grape. Uh, what is your favorite kind of pickle? Ooh. Ooh, 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 that's that's really good. So I I'm just gonna flat out say dill. Uh, although I like dill. Uh, how do I put it this way? I hate when I order a burger or a sandwich and they give me the whole pickle. Just give me give, you know give me the pickle slices. Put the slices on it. Wait, now, now you're talking pickle chips, not spears. Yes, pickle chips. Yeah, um, yeah. Give me the pickle chips on my sandwich or my burger. Don't give me the whole pickle. And like, what am I supposed to do with this? Some, some like, really required. To, yeah, right. Like, I'm supposed to eat this pickle bite for bite with my sandwich. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Pickles are good, you know. Uh, but yeah, favorite pickle. I would say dill, uh, only because bread and butter pickles to me don't have much of it. They, they just don't have any real flavor. All right, this is a a, 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 a tiny tangent. Well, it's only going to go like one level deep on this one. Uh, pickle beer, eh? Yeah. Oh, I've never had it before. Wait, for real? That oh, sounds good. That like uh, out like there. There's a place out of Dallas. Oh, was it Martin House? Maybe. Uh, they make they made a best made pickle beer. Yeah. Okay. And it did so well that they made it like an explosion of variations. Like you want a blue raspberry pickle beer, you could do it. Okay. And it's like, and I love craft beer, but like at a certain point, like you're like, I mean, like sure, it's still beer, but like. Wait. Like that's not beer anymore. This is like, um, but I, I had one pickle beer that yeah. it was a very specific kind of pickle. It didn't taste like pickle. It tasted like hamburger pickle. So it was a beer that tasted like hamburger yes. pickles. Okay. And that was I've had weird. I've had beef jerky like that. It tastes like hamburger pickle, and it was pretty good. Uh, as far as yeah, uh, as far as beer goes too, yeah. So I used to do that as another hobby. I used to brew beer as a hobby. I've got a um, room full of unused home brewing equipment. <laughs> Nice. It was, no, oh, excuse me. It was a lot of fun. And I will say this. I thought my only beer I would make would be like Budweiser, right? Because you like homebrew, you know, it's whatever. No, it turns out you can make a pretty good, decent homebrew, even with a kit or just following a recipe. Uh, yeah, I, I miss doing it. It was a lot of fun. I've made several beers. I even have a page on... Uh, beer advocate, I think, or no, tapped. T-A-P-P-P. Yeah, it's E equals MC squared brewing. That was my original brew, brew brewing project. Um, because at the time, I was married, and both of us, since we had our last name, same last name, starting with MC, equals MC squared brewing. Okay. Uh, and all the names were nerd names. Like, I made a... Um, the first beer I made was a stout. I called it Dark Matter Stout. My second beer I made was a pumpkin. I called it Pulsar Pumpkin. I made Solar Flare Saison. I, they were all like sci-fi based names, stuff, stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. I miss I miss doing it. But yeah, uh, pickle beer. Never never had it before, but pickles, dill pickles are my favorite. I like that 
that bite of, that cool. of flavor. All right. Uh, next question is from uh, Ren Kyle. Hope I got that name right. Uh, are you actually Pac-Man in disguise? Waka, waka, waka. I, unfortunately, am not uh, Pac-Man in disguise. Uh, I do share similarities with him with having a bald head. Uh, even though, as people saw from the regionals photo, I do grow my hair out sometimes for special events. Uh, but unfortunately, no, I am not Pac-Man. Uh, I wish I was, because uh, for the fact that I would be able to kill ghosts after eating a special pellet would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I'll still play, like, uh, I love arcade bars, and I just love Same. playing, like, the old, uh, what's like, uh, like, Tapper? Oh, man, I'll play Tapper for hours. Tapper's a fun game. Um, one of my most favorite games ever playing, uh, and it's not an arcade game, uh, was on Super Nintendo Donkey Kong Country. One of the greatest games ever made, I swear to God. Wait, uh, was that Super Nintendo, was that, like the, like, the original Donkey Kong on Super Nintendo? Sort of. It was you and Diddy Kong, and you I love that game. Yeah, I love that game so much. Uh, absolutely loved it. And this is when I would think like every game was super challenging because I went from Nintendo to Super Nintendo. I'm like, oh my god, all these buttons. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? You know. Uh, so yeah, and I just, I love playing Donkey Kong. Uh, so sidebar, and I dare anyone to do this. So my dad was to me the heavyweight champion of video games because. My dad, the original Nintendo on Legend of Zelda, the first one, it has two stories. After you finish it, you play it with the same game, and the the dungeons are mixed up. I saw my father beat both of them within 24 hours. Never, the man never slept. My dad never slept that. Your dad was like, speed running Zelda decades ago. Basically, yeah. So my dad. This is where I think I get it from my love of Excel. My dad loved keeping, he, we would go watch baseball games all the time. We would go to Pirates games together and he would keep score. My dad would play Nintendo baseball and keep score. He would play it and keep score. Like he loves stats, big stats. And I think that's where I get it from. I, like, I, I love tracking stats. It's like a, a Midwest dad calibration question. Uh, the, like my dad wants to go to all the stadiums, right? Like, okay. Like, and like they make like a MLB stadium passport. And I think that's just like a yeah. Midwest dad, like bucket list thing. Like I gotta go to all the baseball stadiums. I can see that. I can see that. I have been to several. Um, and th- this is not even being biased so far. The most beautiful I've been to is still Kansas park. In Pittsburgh. Absolutely. The most beautiful baseball park you will ever see. You know, that's why I lived two hours. From, I don't know if I went to that baseball. Actually, I guess, uh, I guess, it's weird. Like I'd never got to go to. I've been to Pittsburgh a couple times, but I never got to like go to sporting events there because when I lived okay. near there, like I did not have a career, <laughs> so it's like okay. I did not have road trip money back then. Sporting events in Pittsburgh are are very interesting because even the even if the team's doing terrible, dude, the tailgate is is packed all the time. It's 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 so funny. Um, but me, I don't know. I love Pirates games only because the ballpark there. It's it's gorgeous. Uh, Penguins games are always fun. Steelers games, I don't know. I, I'm probably the only person from Pittsburgh who's not a huge Steelers fan, only because of their fans and the sports media. The, the football team itself, that's cool. The sports media there, it's Toronto Maple Leafs, if there are any Maple Leafs fans listening. Uh, it's Pittsburgh sports media is just as bad as the Maple Leafs sports media. 
I have no familiarity with the Maple Leafs. Okay. All right. um, the Maple Leafs are probably the most heartbreaking team in, in all of hockey for, for Canadians. Uh, I wish I would have gotten to hockey earlier. Like, like I like yeah. hockey is one of my favorite sports to watch live because I feel like if you're up close, you're like near the action and like the oh, hits yeah. up against the glass. Uh, if you're up high, you get to watch the puck and like you get to like watch like you know yes. Like, uh, and so uh didn't know that I was going to like hockey as much as I did until I uh, started. Going, like I lived in Columbus for a little bit and then uh, went yeah. to some Blue Jackets games like this is fun. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Everyone who's had that same thought about hockey, as soon as they go see it live, they're, they're, they're almost hooked. And uh, so growing up in Pittsburgh, I never had a pro basketball team. And when I was in Houston, uh, we went to a Houston Rockets game. Pro basketball also live is a lot of fun to watch. It's way more entertaining live than on TV. Watching sports on TV to me is is watching live sports on TV is like watching pornography when you could have sex. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Okay. Yeah, that's the way I would put it. Like it, watching live sports is is way better than seeing it on TV. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll see it. All right. Uh, I'm going uh, to move into the next question because uh, this, yeah, this one could be a whole episode to it to itself. If uh, I've, I've spent hours at a bar discussing this. Uh, this is from Vin. Uh, Vin asks, is a hot dog a sandwich? All right. Now, now here's the this, thing. There's, there's, there's some speculation. Right? There's like an eight-comment thread. Uh, Martin Alpha says, you're certainly going to argue in favor of being a taco. And Vin agreed to that. But is a taco a sandwich? Uh, right. And is a pop tart so, a ravioli? Uh, and so there, there. That's that's the context. Okay. So this. So. Uh, oh my God! How much time do we have? Uh, <laughs> I told so you. I should. I, I should have. I should have planned. Like slotted this one in specifically. <laughs> so I am going to say a hot dog. Yes, is a sandwich because it is a piece of meat between bread. It is between bread in one way or another with condiments. So yes, it is a sandwich. A taco could also be a sandwich as well, if, if you ask me, because it's the condiments are surrounded by bread. And that is all to me that constitutes a sandwich, whether it's two slices or three. A club, sa- a club sandwich is so-called a sandwich despite having more than two slices of bread. So to me, a taco and a hot dog are a sandwich to which... Um, I also go on this to where let's look at it culturally. Every culture has their different take on food surrounded by dough. So the sandwich is very prevalent, or an idea of a sandwich is very prevalent to me throughout throughout all cultures. Um, a pop tart is a ravioli. Yes, a pop tart would be a ravioli. It would be a dessert ravioli. Or a ravioli is a savory pop tart. There's um. There is a place nearby me that has uh, uh, or savory pop like like homemade pop tarts on their menu. So if you want a mm. you want like a bacon egg and cheese pop tart, not maybe not exactly, but they they got something like that. Um, right, that's, all right, that's awesome. All right, last last question on this because um, well, I guess two questions. One, have you ever seen um, the like the sandwich uh, alignment chart? Like like a, like structure and ingredients where it's like there's oh, like chaotic I, neutral neut or like lawful neutral. Yes, that's a <laughs> that's. I feel like that's like the best uh, kind of thoughts on this topic. Um, I think so. The uh, you, simple question is an open faced sandwich a sandwich? Yes, it I, is I, a sandwich. It's in the name. 
It is in the name. It is a sandwich. Yes. Cool. I've had several of those. They're very good. Very good. A tostado would be an open face sandwich. Weird. Yeah, that, that logic checks out. All right, cool. Uh, next question is from uh, Cameron Joseph. Uh, are axes an instrument, and can they comp- uh, compete with mayonnaise? Um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say, Cam, uh, did you find that baggie that I may have left back at Mike Rupert? Mike Moore's house, and did you smoke that weed? Uh, so, are axes an instrument? Yes, axes are an instrument because you have to fine tune them. Uh, because you don't just you can grab it out of the box and throw it, yet you're fine tuning it to to you. So, yes, axes are an instrument. Uh, is and what about mayonnaise? Uh, can they compete with mayonnaise? Uh, as far as the food condiment, absolutely. You can't eat an axe. You can you can put an axe on a sandwich, but you're not going to bite through that. And you can't slather. Uh, you could slather mayonnaise on. Yeah, you know what, Cam? You're, you're a little too high for this. Um, I will say this. Um, axes, yes, are an instrument. And can they compete with mayonnaise? It is inconclusive because... Um, it's it until you can spread an axe on a sandwich. It's it's inconclusive. I will say though, as far as mayonnaise goes, one of the best condiments for French fries, hands down, mayonnaise. Cool. Uh, let's see. Here. Uh, next question uh, is from uh, Kyle Durant. Uh, just uh, why are you the way you are? Oh, that is a, you know what, Kyle. That's a great question. So. I think we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. I am the way I am strictly because of my parents. So my parents, uh, my father being dead, my mother still being alive. I I love both of them very much. Um, I don't necessarily like them all the time because they're your parents. Uh, So growing up, um, I would go to school. And I would go to work and my parents would always say, you don't go to school or you don't go to work out of fun. I philosophically deep down call bullshit on that because you spend a third of your life at either of these places. And if you're not going to have fun with it, you're not going to enjoy it. And I'm not saying it's for everyone uh, because I know certain people enjoy school or work for different things. And that's fine. I like having fun in my life because uh, it's funny. I just had a conversation the other day about this. It might start to get deep here. Um, uh, uh, someone that I know had someone that they know die in their life. Uh, very early in my life, I lost my grandfather. I was in second grade. I was seven years old. I had to go to a funeral. No fucking clue what death is at seven years old. No clue. But being exposed to it and coming to the reality, uh, there is a phrase. It's a Latin phrase called memento mori. Uh, remember that you're immortal or remember that you'll die. I like to think of that every day because... You only have one go around in this life. And I've, I would say in a previous life, I was an asshole. I was very judgmental. I was very closed off, very negative. Um, It doesn't help. It it just doesn't. I'd rather be positive, fun, poking fun at things. And I think I said earlier in the podcast, if what I say really upsets or offends anyone, let me know. Um, Have I had to pay for my consequences? Yeah, I've got my ass kicked in my life a few, few times for things I've said, but whatever. Uh, I'm still going to be a smart ass just because um, 
I don't know, man. If you're not laughing, if you take into life, I I hate saying this. I think it's a quote, but if you take to life too seriously, you're not going to make it out alive. You're, you're just not. Um, I'm here to have a great time without stepping on people's toes. I, I don't want to be malicious to anyone. Um, I try to have fun and poke fun at things. Um, I know I'm just going to flat out call it. I know that there was a discussion recently on my views on Waddle's customer service. And it turns out I got in an argument with the commissioner of Waddle. Whatever. I don't care who he is uh, to a degree. No, no disrespect to anyone. I don't, really don't care who anyone is because at some level, we're human beings. Let's remove titles. Let's remove P, like. I don't care if you sign your name with a PhD at the end of it. It, it doesn't matter anything to me. We're both human beings. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It, the fact that I'm, we're all going to die someday. And uh, the fuck, man, why not have fun with things? You know, this, this life is a one-time go-around. Um, I've seen some pretty horrible things in my life. I've gone through, I mean, I've had my heart broken. I've gone through divorce. Uh, I've lost people in my life. Um, I'd rather choose to have fun with it because, you know, fuck it. Um, that's my way of, of owning up to it. Uh, and I'll say right now, uh, one of the biggest books I've read that helped me, it was a book called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. I recommend that to anybody. Uh, just own up to the things in your life and take control of them. Uh, and that's just it. Uh, and the other reason I start, I am the way I am. Uh, I hinted at it before. I started rooting for my opponent. I start rooting for other people. Um, do I want to take care of myself? Do I'll flat out say it in an act starring sense? Do I want to win? Fuck yes, I want to win. I want to beat everyone I play against. I absolutely do. I want to win. However, if I don't win, whatever. If I don't, it, it doesn't make me any less. It doesn't make someone any more. Um, I've played against some really great people. Uh, I've lost against some really great people. Uh, I, I just love the experience more than anything. Uh, yeah, uh, it, I could probably do another three hours on why I am the way I am. The bottom line is um, I like having fun in life. Uh, I, I care, and this is me, me being completely me, I care a lot about everyone I come across in my life. Um, I hate hearing that there's drama. I hate there being bad blood between people. I know not everyone's going to get along, but I, I generally care about everyone, um, especially the actor. I care about all of you. Uh, everyone I've dealt with means so much to me. Um, whether or not the outcome of the game goes your way, um, you'll, you'll be all right. And I'm there for you. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a big dumb kid at heart and I love having fun and goofing off. Uh, I know my audience though. And I know when it's time to put on the serious face, but yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I, I just, I love to have fun in everything I do. And, and that's just me. Hey. I, I hear that, man. I, uh, it's, it, it's also, uh, I had this, uh, one, uh, did not, uh, I wrote that book down. I said, can't hurt me. Uh, I love book recommendations. Yeah. I'm sure that's what people expected to get when they're tuning in to hear DMAC. They're like, Oh, what's the, <laughs> what's the self help book recommendations? Uh, no, that's dope. I like, I, I love like, uh, I'll, I'll list to it. Like, you know, I've gotten a couple of good ones. So I, maybe, yeah. I should, maybe I should turn that into a segment. I don't know. Um, the other thing is, uh, I feel that like I, I I'm 35. I still feel like a, like a little kid. Um, yeah. and then I look in the mirror and my beard's turning gray. It's like, well, this is a mismatch. Like it looks, it looks good, man. It looks good. Honestly, uh, people who don't know on the podcast, we're, we're sharing screens and that looks good, man. I, Hey, I'm 40 and I feel like I'm still 18 years old. Seriously. I, uh, as one of the last times I worked in an office, actually I, I, 
I was 30 years old when I, I was working in an office when I turned 30 years old. And somebody's like, wait, happy birthday. How old are you? 30? You're 30? Like, you don't look 30. I'm like, I'm immature for my age. <laughs> same, same. I, you know what? I, I try not to act my age or, or be so serious because it's, you know, uh, it goes back. I've had people telling me, you know, you don't do this for fun and to be serious and, and propriety and all this stuff and, and, and self-respect or whatever. You know what? The, you can have all that, but you can still have fun in this life too. I, I, I would love it if I had unlimited funds. I would love to remove the sticks out of everyone's asses. Not everyone's. <laughs> I don't want to generalize, but remove the sticks out of people's asses. Seriously, it's what fun of it. I, I watch a lot of like Reddit uh, videos on Reddit. What good comes from being a Karen, really? Like, what does that do? You know? Yeah, I think uh, you know. I think there's a difference between like. Uh, you know, like being like, like a troll, like, like, I guess it's, it really just comes down to like malice. You're like, all right, like, like, uh, and it's like, uh, I recently I heard, oh, where, where was that? Maybe it was on a, uh, I can't remember. Yeah. I'm not, I'm going to butcher it. Um, I'm not, I'm not even going to, all right. Also, we're, uh, we should probably keep moving with the question for two, two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. Hey, the TLDR, yeah. hey, have fun. Like, fuck yeah. Have fun, have fun in everything you do. You only got one go around in this life. Enjoy it. Seriously. Plus one. All right. Uh, I got a couple more questions from uh, Crush and Cow Grape. Uh, how many memes have you posted in your life? I'm sure you know the exact number. You got, I imagine you have a, a little like, uh, you know, a little like chart on the wall or maybe you do like the prison tally system. Oh, so so here we go. So this was back to last IETC. I got a message from uh, Starling. Um, Ask me for 10 of my, my 10 best memes. And I thought he was just joking, like whatever. And he was being serious. Oh, excuse me. He was being serious. And he put together like a little raffle thing where he printed them out on paper and they were black and white and gave them away. Uh, so after he did that, I started going through my memes and I put together like, you know, a folder on my phone. So I, I do all this. Sh- I'm telling everyone right now, I do all my memes on my phone because it's the most low effort, low quality bullshit. And the memes, memes should be as low effort as you can for the comedic effect. Like, really. Uh, I mean, you don't want to see, see somebody that spent six hours on this meme? They slaved over it? I mean, I, I'll say this right now. A low effort meme for me probably takes like, I've had some that have taken me like, 30 seconds i've worked on a low effort meme this goes back to my gift days working on a low effort quote-unquote high quality gift would take me six hours like it, it's unreal what goes it it is unreal what goes into those things it takes me 30 seconds to two hours to make a meme seriously and it, it's it, it, it it's pretty funny but as far as the number of memes Jeez, I would say it's probably around 300, 400 something. I don't post all of them either, believe me. And that's not just saying counting them as drafts, but I don't post all of them. <laughs> so, so you heard it here. Uh, he, he doesn't post all of them. <laughs> like, so it's, I it, don't. So, so, so there is a filter. Yes, there, there is a filter. There is a whole like, maybe I'm crossing the line with this, or maybe no one will get it, or maybe it's too confusing, or, or yeah, th- things of that nature. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's probably a good three to 400 that, that I've created out of posting. I probably posted a third of those. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you ever like, let's say like make one on like a Saturday night when you're drunk and then you see it on Sunday, you're like, what was I thinking? 
Oh, all the time. All the time. <laughs> yes. Uh, so my, my fuel, and this isn't, uh, this is sort of make fun of it. My fuel for it is I make the more memes when I'm feeling more down. I don't know why. I'm, I feel creative when I'm feeling down, uh, which is really, really weird. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, it's, uh, I do it. I feel creative. I, I get a chuckle out of it. I show it off to, uh, to Megan, uh, and see if she gets a chuckle out of it and I post it. And if it, if it's liked, it's liked. If it's not, now, granted, not all of them are liked. So yeah, some of the ones that I don't, they're just real, real shit. <laughs> Can't all be winners. Those are probably really the good ones I should have posted though. All right. It's, uh, all right, cool. Uh, we got another question from uh, Kyle Grape. Uh, uh, Ooh, wow. I, 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 there might I, there might be more. I, I do you, do you, like do you also Maybe do you I do you know this person? I don't I don't know Kyle, so I don't. <laughs> Kyle, I, so I know Kyle. So I will say this: I know Kyle in a sense that I have sent him some axes only. Uh, I was selling. I had like being an axe thrower. Our axes are like mogwai. You pour water on them, and there's like thirty more of them. Right? <laughs> uh, the sad side is you get charged for every one, so your bank account always is zero. Uh, I remember I sent Kyle uh, some some axe heads uh, for him to work on. Uh, not for me, but for him, I, I sold them to him uh, for him to work on. Okay, because uh, yeah, ask away. Uh, oh, yeah, he's got a bunch of questions. Uh, I'm just scrolling down like pretty. Uh, so the next one, uh, what time do you brush your teeth in the morning? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would say as soon as I wake up. Uh, as soon as I wake up, uh, I, I so my, I, I've slacked off on my routine. That doesn't mean hygiene. Uh, but usually what I do is I wake up around 6.30, 6 a.m., 6 a.m. to 6.30. This is my routine that I, I'm trying to get back on. Uh, I make a pot of coffee while it's brewing. Uh, I brush my teeth or the coffee. The coffee is for me and Megan or just her. Uh, then I'll go out to the garage and I'll work out. I'll come back in and I'll go about my day. So about six in the morning and then before I go to sleep. So being an old man now in his forties, uh, my bedtime is like uh, 10, 10 p.m., 11. So before, as soon as I wake up before I go to bed. I, I recently had to start like parenting myself. I'm like, all right, Bill, no more screens after 11 o'clock. If we want to be in bed before 2 a.m. Uh, yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, another question from Fran. Uh, who is your favorite Marvel superhero and why? Oh, oh, that's that is so okay. This could be a whole <laughs> several day conversation. To to make it easy, my my favorite Marvel hero. <sighs> this is really hard. This is really hard. So. Um, I really love Doctor Strange. Uh, I really like Doctor Strange. Uh, Yeah, I I love his powers. He's a magician. Uh, He's the Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, He's just the guy who was very arrogant and basically, you know, fucked around and fell out and had, you know, his reason for arrogance taken from him and had to and basically, you know, realized he can do magic. Uh, So he is a regular guy that has a level playing field with um, pretty much anyone. And I love that, you know, uh, unlike Iron Man. I like Iron Man to a degree. Um, I have my Pittsburgh accent. Iron Iron Man, that's my Pittsburgh geez. Uh <laughs> Iron Man's okay. Captain America is okay. Uh, I really like Doctor Strange. The Hulk is all right. I, my least favorite is Spider-Man. Uh, 
Although I love the Spider-Man video game for PlayStation 4. Love that game. Uh, but I'm not a fan of Spider-Man. Uh, I would say Doctor Strange is my favorite Marvel hero. Although, I love the villains more because when it comes to co- comes to comic books, to me, the villain is more important than the hero because they make the story. Like, to me, uh, Spider-Man, the first movie, wasn't great because Tobey Maguire, Maguire was great because Willem Dafoe was a great actor and he was a great Green Goblin. Uh, my favorite villain oh this is tough uh, I'll break it down uh, X-Men, Magneto Magneto is one of the greatest comic book characters ever written um, Final Fantastic Four um, Silver Surfer or Galactus um, Avengers Jeez, uh, Doctor Doom oh no that's Fantastic Four Doctor Doom as well is, is one of the best characters ever written uh, Avengers Thanos is a great character. Uh, Adam Warlock is a great character, although he's always a villain. Um, yeah, I, I would say that. I'm more of a villain's guy because that really makes your story because it gives the hero something to lose. Isn't there a, it's not like a whole subreddit? It's like uh, Thanos was right? Yeah, actually, yes. Um, uh, and I could, I could go into a many-hour debate on the whole Infinity War Endgame movies alone. The comic books, so I, I didn't read a lot of comics, although I am a bit of a nerd on it. Uh, if any of you out there read the Infinity War saga, were you, and this is a question to your fans, and please get back to me on Facebook, were you or were you not okay with Adam Warlock being not being in the last two Avengers movies? Because he was pivotal to the Thanos storyline of the Infinity Stones, but not in the movies. Uh, I'm a stickler. For, I, that, that's my nerdness, just taking over there. Huh? But yeah, uh, favorite favorite Marvel hero, Doctor Strange. Favorite villains. It ranges from Magneto, Doctor Doom, Galactus, uh, Thanos, and uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I never never read that many comic books. Uh, I think by the time uh, comic books came onto like it came into my range as like oh uh, I already made all my choices and I picked Magic the Gathering and pro wrestling. Oh, I used to do Magic the Gathering too. Uh, I did that until I realized like I'm not good enough at it because some people take it very very seriously. Is this I'm I'm embarrassed to admit this. I overdraft my bank account in community college buying Magic cards. Have you? Yeah. Okay. That's, so so that means so that means you just have one full deck of playing cards then, right? You I know? mean, I did. I don't have many more. Like I think if you want if you want to keep your kid off drugs, get them in the Magic. Seriously. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. It's 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 not a it's not that it's a bad game. It's that uh it's a way more expensive hobby than I used to collect baseball cards for God's sakes. Magic the Gathering is way more expensive than that, of course. Yeah, I remember it's like, wait, I need four of this rare land and each one is thirty dollars, a hundred and twenty dollars and four cards. Uh I work at GameStop. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, Meanwhile, the kid you just played with has like a whole deck of them and everything. Yep, they're like this deck's worth twelve hundred dollars. Like, all right, I'm gonna go find a new hobby. <laughs> like, that's that's cool. Uh, all right, cool, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna go get a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that for me is like I'm gonna go learn jujitsu. But uh, still, there you go. Yep. But all right. Uh, okay. Uh, more more questions from Kyle. Yes, uh, more questions. Does pineapple belong on pizza? No. Wait. For me, no. For if it's what you want on pizza, fine. Yeah, sure. Uh, for me, no. Uh, funny fact about pineapple Hawaiian pizza: Hawaiian pizza was invented by a Canadian. Okay. 
I mean, maybe, maybe like, uh, I, it's crazy to think that like, it wasn't that long ago where like, you just couldn't get pineapple at certain parts of the world or at certain times of the year. Like, like, it's really weird. We're we're taking tropical fruits for granted. We just get them every, every week of the year. Right. You know what? I've been working in supply chain. If that's not a marvel of the supply chain, I don't know what is. You can get anything you want anytime. But yeah, pineapple and pizza for me, absolutely not. If you give me a piece of pizza with pineapple on it, I may pick it off. Uh, Or I may not. I don't know. But I'm not going to punch someone in the face for it. I'll eat it. I think it's delicious. All right. Nice. Uh, another question from Kyle. Uh, if you own both Waddle and IETF, what would you change and how many free axes could we earn? Ooh, this is good. So what I would change about Waddle is the customer service of it. I would change the customer service of it where if you bought one of our axes from us directly, we would refund you or replace the axe uh, if, if it was faulty. That includes bad hangs completely. I wouldn't sell QA. I wouldn't sell QA failed axes at all. I think that. I, I think that's kind of. God, I hope I don't get banned for this. I think it's a <laughs> shit thing to do to sell QA QA failed axes. To be honest, uh, as far as ITF, what would I change? I would get rid of the Premier and Standard. I would make it one. If you get a Premier five, it's a five. If you bleed out, it's a four. Get a Premier three, it's a three. If you bleed out, it's a two. And so on and so forth. I would change the clutch. Premier clutch would be nine. A normal touch clutch would be seven. And that's all I would change. I think IETF, maybe I'm biased. I think they had the better of the two products uh, before Premier rules because the award was the big axe to me. Um, I've talked to several throwers who... Wait, a question about the changing Premier clutch to nine. So, uh, so you, so like, uh, the number 81 would no longer be special. It wouldn't. Oh, okay. So this is where I think I would have more debates with anyone than anything. Do we keep it? Do we keep it seven and have 81, the, the magical number, or do we make 80? Would it be yeah, 83, 83, the magical number? Or would uh, it be 89? Yeah. Cause it'd be two. Oh, be, that's right. I'm sorry. I'm not good at it again. I'm not good. Or at no, it'd be 87. It'd be. Uh, an extra two times three matches, so 81 plus six. Yeah, it'd be an extra six. We're doing math yeah, again. 87. So do you make 87 the magic number? Do we leave it 81? We can do either one. Uh, we could leave it 81 and just make the touch clutch of five or a three uh, and do it that way. That is the only change I would make the IETF. Or I would just get rid of Premier and shrink the clutch completely so we go back to one standard of throwing. Uh, Waddle, I would just change their customer service policies. I think their game, as they have it now, is fine. There's no need to change it. Um, I think Waddle's scoring system is, again, you either break it or you don't. I think that's much better than IETF. IETF tried to get rid of the measuring, yet I was just in a marathon league and a tournament where we were still checking to see if things were in or out of the paint. Yeah. So that that's the only thing I would change. Uh, I would I would keep both just because they both offer two different flavors. For sure. Uh I I didn't realize how much throwing waddle made my like when I did start practicing for ITF like ITF, like you get a little sloppy, especially in standard. You get sloppy and still yes. just like effortly, like just check out until it's time for clutch, you know? Yes. All right. Uh, versus like in Waddle, you can't check out, you know, like you're like, oh, I drifted an inch to the left. Well, you got a five or a four, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. I, I agree with that. Even in, even in Premier ITF, you can kind of like check out a little bit. 
uh, depending on how confident you're feeling. Waddle. Yeah, Waddle, you, you don't really have that luxury of, of margin of error. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next question. I think you might have already answered this. Uh, is from uh, Judith Dats Kareem. I hope I pronounced that right. Oh yeah, Jude. Mama uh, Jude. Uh, uh, what is favorite venue and why is it Game of Axis? So my favorite venue, and no offense to any other venue, uh, is Game of Axis because they have that sweet spot of um, you feeling welcome no matter what, and it being a party all the time. I mean, literally, you walk through the door. You feel like uh, you're just hanging out with old friends. Seriously. Uh, It's a great time. Uh, Jude, uh, their owner, Joey McGee, awesome guy. Uh, All the people that work there. And again, I'm just going to list Joey and Jude. Uh, I don't want to miss anyone's name. It, it Awesome time. As far as, I'm going to say bare bones feeling, best venue to me, I would say Total Axe with Chris Ross. Unfortunately, he's not ITF anymore. Uh, but Chris Ross's venue is, is amazing, Total Axe. Uh, the other really good act... This really sucks because I can't really name anyone above anyone else. Um, I can only say check them all out, to be honest. Uh, Battle, Charlotte Loso, uh, Battle, Winston-Salem, uh, Lumberjacks. Even Lumberjacks is a Pittsburgh, even though I was banned from there. Go check them out. Uh, Valhalla, Ace Axe, throwing out of Pittsburgh. Most definitely check them out first and foremost. Um, as far as Michigan, uh, Total Wax, Detroit Axe is really awesome. Purple Bunny's Axe House. Uh, unfortunately, I know his lease was up. John Bradley's place on Utah. I didn't get a chance to go out and see it, but John Bradley, great guy. Uh, he's a Philly guy, so I got to say he's a scumbag a little bit. You know, he's a Philly guy, but awesome guy also uh um, john bradley yeah. has a podcast as well start i think probably one of the throwers and makers uh go check that out oh, nice. I, uh, I caught nice. up on some of those episodes on my drive to austin good stuff yeah he, john bradley is one of my most favorite people in act storing because I, I don't know he's just very um he he's no nonsense uh same time he, he's really great to talk to uh he knows his shit he's great to talk to uh, just awesome battle around um the other great facilities i've been to again uh Axe Champs in Jacksonville, Dennis Sionovic. Uh, his place is pretty cool. Dennis is an awesome guy, too. That guy is a party, like, incarnate. Uh, if you ever get a chance to meet Dennis. Uh, uh, I So I met Dennis very randomly uh, back around Halloween when uh so i flew into jacksonville because i was trying to go to gainesville florida and we my wife's vegan and so she like find like a good vegan spot and she's like oh there's a good vegan spot in murray hill jacksonville it's like a little neighborhood and so we parked and like walked you know a block away and we walked past an axe throwing venue i was like and but we didn't have time to go throw or i'm like but okay and so we we go into the like the restaurant but it's like one of those ones like you like just order at a counter and then they'll text you when it's ready so i'm like oh i got time i'm gonna go just talk to the people there and then it's like he's like i'm the reason it's my sorry for grossly modified rules (laughs) yeah 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 dennis yep that that yeah that's dennis he dennis is an he's just an awesome guy uh i could talk about him all day long just because he's so he is such a character and he's so awesome he's again like i said he is a party incarnate he's an awesome how would you describe the the axe like dennis's premier axe oh my god (laughs) how would i describe it i don't know like uh Jeez, his premier axe is just the most, what the fuck, man? What in the fuck is this? Like, what is 
is this? It, That's it, how I would describe it. Wait. Although at the same time, it fits. It, it fits him perfectly. Yeah, it, it does. I, I love Dennis. He's he's such a he's such a character. I love him. He's a great guy. Uh, the other places I liked, um, and this is just almost by de- default because um, I've been there a few times. Um, uh, Choppers Hatchet House Clutch Shot in Philly. They're really awesome. Um, again, the the Philly the Philly folks. They're, they're, it's a great time to go out and visit them too, and and throw in their places. And it feels you know it has that sort of mystical feel to it, just because we know. I never made it to urban Philly, unfortunately, but we know the, the history of, of the sport growing from Philly and outwards. So it's, it's pretty cool to go there. Uh, I felt really awesome when I saw my name on the 81 board for choppers. I don't know why, just because it's it's like uh, it's almost like if Wrigley Field or Fenway Park had like a, a list of people who hit home runs there in a sense. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, I got another. Uh, this question is from uh, Jemmy Hazeman. Hazeman, hope I promote. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy, yeah. And so this, uh, this is another like kind of it's 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 in, from the same like genre of the hot dog sandwich. Uh, would you rather yeah. fight one horse sized duck or one hundred duck sized horses? See, this is wow. I'm having like flashbacks here because I was bit by a duck one time in my life and that hurt. Uh, duck bites hurt people. Uh, they do have teeth. Uh, whether you know it or not, they're like sharp ridges and they hurt. Um, but I'd rather fight a duck-sized horse or a hundred horse-sized or duck-sized. Wait, duck-sized horses? Uh, one horse-sized duck. So one super big duck or one hundred tiny horses. Well, smaller horses. I'm taking the big. I duck. would rather fight the the tiny horses, to be honest. I feel I have a better chance against that because uh, I, I just I, I just feel like I have a better chance of of, of that and uh, and then having a better strategy of backing up and keeping more numbers small versus a giant horse sized duck pecking me to death. Uh, I'll put a put a horse sized duck in a guillotine choke. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, it's got a big neck. They can't defend it. They don't got arms. Uh, uh, Alright, uh, next question. Uh, Kara, uh, she asks, uh, how exhausting is it to be that extra all the time? To be that extra? Kara, uh, it is it, it is actually very exhausting. Um, be, so, uh, I'll, I'll say this right now. If anyone's ever like, I haven't seen memes lately, it's because it, it is exhausting. Uh, it is exhausting coming, being creative. Uh, and I, I will, and I'll kick myself when I'm down. I have probably like the bottom of the bucket creativity. I mean, I'm making memes for fuck's sake. Uh, but yeah, it is, it is a little bit hard to stay dialed up all the time. Uh, I take my cues from that from, uh, legendary Van Halen guy, David Lee Roth. I just don't have the cocaine connection he does to stay that amped up all the time. Uh, but no, it is, it, you know, it, it is a little bit hard to stay up all the time. I, and I will use it in a sense of staying in character. Uh, the DMAC thing is, it's a character. I'll be honest. Um, but it, it, it is me. Um, I am who I am, but it, it is hard to stay amped up all the time just because, I don't know, it's, it's draining and real life comes into things and sometimes you feel down um, and I'm, I'm upfront about dealing with depression and stuff and it, it fucking sucks so my way to combat it is to try and be as goofy as I can and try to be that extra all the time um, I know it could be annoying I hope it doesn't annoy people too much again there's no malice in it so if anyone thinks it's too much just 
let me know. But yeah, that's it. <laughs> cool. Uh, this All next right. this next question is from Uncle Willie. Uh, it's uh, it's not for you. It's for me, Bill, the host. Uh, it says uh, this question is more for you, Bill. Uh, why? <laughs> why? I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think love I, it. Uh, no, it, uh, no. I, like I, I, you know, I got a chance to like you know get to know you at uh, at uh, WATC this year. Cool, funny. Uh, and I feel like you know. Don't seem like you have an agenda. I feel like you're uh, a well-known person in the community. Uh, and also just like logistically, you know, uh, like I told you, like, oh, maybe I'll get you on the podcast one day. And you reached out. Let oh. me know if you had any openings. I hadn't, you know, uh, had some free time today. And so, like, yeah, here we are. So, cool. and I've enjoyed it. I, uh, I wonder if anybody's going to be like, I wonder if people just expected this just be all like Warpath meme, hot take, get like, like oh. on like a, a a mission to get banned and you're like and they're just like you know what he's like a normal person yeah i i thought about that too a bit and i was like you know i could just sit here and again whoever's listening i could just sit here for the whole time and bash waddle or itf however no that i mean honestly that that's not really me uh uh, i could be that character the whole the whole time if you really want uh that's not me i do have criticisms to them but yet at the same time i recognize they're doing what they do um will i take pot shots at them to do better oh fucking course i will are you kidding that's what we're here for uh but no thank you bill for for saying those those kind words uh and uncle willie or as i like to call him uh your mother's brother billion the friction pole uh instead of <laughs> uncle gritty or uncle willie uh, he he's an awesome guy um and i gotta be honest uh you know, he's a really cool guy i found the philly guys the most intimidating because being from pittsburgh my first experience was going to a regional in philly at mazu axis it's closed now unfortunately rest in peace mazu axis awesome facility toby phillip binu uh awesome guys but it's closed now um and meeting Comp and Uncle Willie for the, I, I'll be honest, totally intimidated uh, because I've heard these names, these guys' names before, and talking with them uh, a little bit here and there, either on social media or in person, they're, they're really cool guys. Um, I, I love that question, the why. Thanks, Uncle Willie. Um, it, I, I I love it. it that's awesome. Um, but no, I I, uh, I wasn't. I wasn't looking to do this podcast just to bash on things and make it a whole moon fest or a a, uh, a riff fest either. I'm trying to be as real as I can be here. I, I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully people get to know the real DMAC or, or get to know David. It's not just DMAC. I don't know. Well, yeah, right, right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and as far as anyone out here, when they're like, maybe it's David or Dave or what? I don't. I really don't give a shit. Whatever. Here's here's a weird story before we go to the Let's next hear question. Let's hear it. I have been accidentally called Michael before. Okay. I have been mistakenly called Mike or Michael. But here's a weird thing. And this is what makes my skin crawl. This is sort of my paranormal story. So I was two years old. My mother and father were having another child. They were going to name him Michael, but he was born premature and he died. So it's like my little eerie story there, the little hole, you know. Let's do mental gymnastics to make it supernatural kind of thing. But yeah, it's uh, it's funny to me. But that's also my confirmation name was, was Michael. Oh, I got, um, yeah, I got, I I got one of those. I got a confirmation name. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, what is it? Uh, James. James. Okay, there you go. St. James. I, uh, the brother of... Brother of Jesus. I uh, I got uh, I have twin younger brothers, and I uh, I, I was voluntold to be their confirmation sponsor. Um, 
and I was training MMA at the time, and uh, I I was having a rough camp. So I, uh, not only did I have to like be both of them, but it's like so it's like they just went up one after the other. So like I did the hand on the shoulder thing, walk them up to the thing. Yeah. But I had a black eye and like really short oh, hair, oh my God. and so I just looked rough. Like yeah. this is like a you know a family special thing or whatever. And then the next one. I'm like, do I have to walk back to the thing and then walk the next one up, or do I just wait for the other one to get? It was weird. Uh, I didn't. It's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, there you so, go. Uh, oh, this is a uh, one more dumb religion story. Uh, I didn't know that I was raised Catholic until I was 30. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. You just naturally felt guilty about everything, <laughs> was that it? Yeah, yeah. I was just, you know, I was born. Uh, no, uh, like my my wife and I were talking. She's like, "Wait, you went to PSR?" I'm like, "Wait, you didn't go to PSR? That cut in my video game time." Uh, and she's like, "I want to go to PSR." And so I'm like, "And she's like, wait, so you're you went to PSR? So you're Catholic?" I'm like, "Uh, I don't know. It's one. It was, I was raised one of the Jesus ones." And she's like, "Yeah, that PSR is that's." <laughs> That's Catholic. I'm like, I honestly didn't know the difference between any of the dom- denominations. I still don't. You're like, what's the difference between Methodist oh, and Presbyterian and Baptist and Catholic? I'm like, Jesus? They all do Jesus, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's it's something that I realized that some people take way too seriously and they, they get very upset about it. But yeah, the, when they were like, you're Catholic, you should be like, well, I don't know. I don't feel feverish today, but all right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a whole other thing. Uh, cool. All right. Uh, next question is from uh, Roger Melendrez. Uh, who is what, slash was the toughest to throw against in IETF and Waddle? Shit, that's tough. Okay, so IETF. Um, this is like a laundry list of throwers, and this is in no particular order. Uh, toughest, only because me and him played a lot. Uh, me and Dave Albizo connects again. Incredibly tough. The guy is a bastard to play against because he will play his most perfect game against you. Um, next person I would say would be Showtime, Brandon McCluster. He is incredibly, and I'll say this right now, if you beat him one time, that you might as well write it down. Seriously, he's not going to let you beat him again. Uh, he's incredibly tough. Uh, Tishko, uh, these are the guys I threw most against. Mark Tish, Tishko, he's another hard one to play against. Um the thing I found out about Tish is if you're playing him in a playoff, you have to beat him early. Like you have to capitalize. You have to go up by more than him because the longer the match goes on, the better, the better he gets. Um, Waddle. So for me, ITF, I would say connects again, Showtime, or Tishko. No particular order. You could roll the dice on any three of those. And any three of them, you're going to have to get an 81 to, to, to beat any of them. Um, and even then, big acts, you, you're going to have to play your best game. Uh, Waddle, geez, that's tough. So right now there's about – so based on Worlds, uh, Fancy Lad. Fancy Lad was incredibly hard to play against. I had to play perfectly against him. I didn't. He's a really good thrower. Um, as far as regular basis, there's two throwers. One uh, – or three, I should say. Uh, one out of Blazing Boards, Logan Keane, a uh, really good thrower. He's gotten way, way better since I've been throwing with him. Uh, and then out of Green Bay Axe, uh, um, Alex, his name is Alex. I'm drawing blank on his last name now. And um, I'm drawing blanks now. Shit. It, it's like that time of the day for me. Uh, I think it is. I'm trying to think who would be the hardest one I throw against Alex and Logan out of Waddle and Fancy. 
with an IETF, I would say, um, I would say connects against Showtime Tish. Like they're they're incredibly hard. Um, I have thrown against other throwers in ITF like Vale Cook. Um, I threw against Uncle Willie in sort of a doubles thing, and his wife. I think it was him and his wife. Um, they, he was really hard. I haven't got a chance to throw against a lot of the top Philly guy. I threw against Vin. Vin is hard to beat. Uh, Cameron Joseph hard to beat. Uh, Mike Moore is another one. Um, I threw against John Bradley. He's hard to beat, but I've thrown most against Connects against Showtime and Tish. I would say those three in ITF easily. They're incredibly hard to beat. Um, the next up would be uh, Austin uh, Daddy. Uh, he is that, that kid. I, I can't be more happy of that kid because I think his first league was the first league we did at Ace Axe throwing. And seeing him go from like getting an 81 in his first league to finishing second in the world, like I'm so happy for it, man. It's it's that's that is beyond awesome to, to see that growth. Um, yeah, it's I hate this question. I love this question. Hate it because I hate again. I hate name dropping because I don't want anyone to think they're low on on a list or anything with me. I love everyone in Axe throwing. <laughs> cool. Uh, uh, this uh, this next question should be a little bit easier to answer. It's from uh, John Allen. It says, um, in this economy? I know, right, John? Uh, especially in this economy. So so uh, that comes from me uh, basically figuring out how can I be a jackass or a smartass on people's questions. One is saying, in this economy? Uh, the other one is, if you ever saw the movie The Addams Family, um, classic movie, uh, and it's a movie where the sequel is better. Addams Family Values is better than Addams Family. Uh, but there's a part in Addams Family, the first movie, where Gomez is sitting on the couch and they're asking him to go out for dinner or something. And he's like, what, and Miss Gilligan? So that's my second one I always like to say. You know, Gilligan's Island. Uh, for those who know what Gilligan's Island is, that was a TV show where people went on a boat tour and got stranded on a deserted island uh, for many, many years. Uh, so, yeah, in this economy, you know, John, it, it is tough in this economy in this day and age. Um, if you're lucky enough to have a job that pays you a decent wage, that's awesome. If you're not, uh, that really sucks. And if you would go on strike, I'd be right there with you. In a sense, I think all workers, to, to get the political moment here, workers of the world need to stick together and they need to get their fair share because they're, they're really not. Um, they put up with a lot of shit. But yeah, in this economy, and it's it's tough, isn't it, man? It's it's tough these days to, to do all this stuff. It's hard, it's hard out there on them streets. Uh, it is. I, it I, is. I I don't. Uh, it actually uh, it's it's weird, like having a career, because like I remember like global financial crisis, like I was broke, but I was like, oh, everybody, yeah. everybody else is broke. Like it's not like I it's not like I had a career and then like it went away. It's like, oh no, I was just I'm like, oh. Oh, everybody! Like it sucks, and yeah. so like so it's like now that I have a career, like, and I, I try not to let you know. I try to make sure I, like I appreciate it and grateful for it, and so it's like weird when it's like when like everything sucks, and I'm like, like because I also know it could go away, right? Like I know I could get like oh, laid yeah, off absolutely. or like like, and so it's I try to make sure I like cherish it. I also try to make sure that I uh like. And prepared, you know, was it like three months? Three, right. it's like, like yes. it was emer- rainy, like an emergency. Sa- but I also realized, like, I, I, I remember being paycheck to paycheck, and like, 
Oh, same. Like, same. Uh, like I, I literally remember it was like 2014, my first tech job. I was working tech support, and and I, like, I, you know, it was like it was good money relative to like retail. But it right, wasn't like right. like it was like uh, it was it still wasn't like a career. But I remember like getting yes. a paycheck, and I still had like fifty bucks left over from the previous paycheck, and I was like, it almost like oh no, like you gave it to me too early. I didn't need it yet. Um, and <laughs> and but it was like so it was like so weird to like have that like whole like oh my my I just double my long term plan like financial planning. I just went from like two weeks Seriously. to 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 two weeks to three weeks or i guess yeah. two, two weeks to four weeks but like you, you see what i'm saying yeah, I, right i i feel the same way in my instance like i feel very fortunate to be where i am um uh, I'm, I'm certainly I'm, i'll never be one of these company men that's like oh i should be so thankful to work where i work and although i'll never be one of those but yet i realize how lucky i i, I am um and i'm only not that so Nothing against anyone who is that way. I'm just not that way because when I had the long conflict about changing jobs, I talked to one of my managers and he said, if you think this company would bat an eye getting rid of you, you're insane. Because I was like, I don't know if I want to leave here. I've been here for so long. And it put it in perspective. And again, if you think your company is great, that's awesome. Um, I'm just not one of these people to... To, to give praise to, to my employer. At the same time, um, it, it, at the same time, I'm very thankful to be doing what I'm doing. And, and as far as you say career, I never realized I had a career until like, it's kind of like you don't realize you've grown up until, you know, you, you realize your age or something. So I still feel like I'm a young calls guy. I still like I'm, yeah. I, yeah, I had someone call me sir the other day and I'm like, the fuck are you calling me sir for I don't know, and I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm 40 years old. I guess that I, I'm getting excited about buying insurance. I guess that's what it goes with old age. And I start to have an existential sort of thought. Like, is this what our parents felt like at 40? They didn't think they were lame. You know, they thought they were still cool. You know, like they were still young and stuff I, like that. I, I don't know. I have no delusion of, about like, being cool. I, <laughs> it's like, like I'm 40 years old. And I'm still watching Aqua Teen Hunger Force because oh. I think it's like the most amazing cartoon ever. Uh, I I watched the first several seasons of that too much. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh wow. We are, Questions. Uh, yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, Jave asks: uh, Is there a meme of himself wearing colorful pants? Of me wearing colorful pants? Um, I don't think there is, but there can be. Um, because uh, because remember through uh, first off uh, everything is possible through God so jot that down um, that's a sunny reference for anyone <laughs> out there uh, there could be a meme with me wearing my colorful pants and uh, I started wearing so I started wearing colorful pants and being really bright and vibrant uh, because one uh, those pants are comfortable and two uh, I guess. It goes back to, I think, either Cump or Willie's podcast where they talked about, you know, sort of, well, if you're not going to be good, be memorable in a sense. And screw it. I mean, I've had people tell me I'm a good thrower. Uh, I try to be humble with that. And I'll be like, oh, thank you. Um, I, I'll i say this right now. I haven't won a world championship, so I don't consider myself that good. Uh, I consider people like Cyclon Rander to be good because they won a world championship. Uh, Phil Baum and then Teats. You know, but they're good throwers. They they've won something. Uh, I appreciate it when people are like, "You're a good thrower," but now for me, I don't know. I just I'm all about having fun, being colorful, enjoying it, uh, making fun out of it, and that's just it. 
with a meme for the great hands. Not yet, but there can be one. <laughs> yes. So taking taking meme requests. Okay. Uh next question from uh Tommy Lyons Leon I don't know how to pronounce this. Sorry, Tommy. Um Tommy. Family guy. Yeah. Tommy asks, uh, does David grow his hair out for all major tournaments? So uh yes, yes I do. Uh before all major tournaments, I wake up really early and I shower and I shave my head bald completely. <laughs> Uh, yes, so I do. I do grow the hair out. I haven't trimmed the beard in probably. Oh, jeez. I haven't trimmed up my beard before. Man, it's been a long time. I would say not last October. I would say the October in twenty twenty. Maybe the last time I trimmed my beard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I went to an actual barber, had it trimmed. It was very relaxing, and comfortable. I've uh, never had a uh, never had a barber work on the beard, uh, but also like um, like I have a beard, but my like the way my family grows beards, like my my dad has a chia pet beard, like it doesn't grow down, okay. it just it's grows spotty. like out, like yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. All right, I puff mine out, and I say it's my D Max on Stingland. You know, like dangers in the air. Well, uh, speaking of senses, next question is about Spider-Man. Uh, Doug yep. Chisholm asks, who would win in a fight, Luke Skywalker or Spider-Man? Oh, uh, uh, Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker, hands down. Uh, primarily because he can use the Force, so he doesn't have to touch you. Uh, and if we're going based off the Skywalker bloodline, uh, Luke Skywalker, I believe, if he really needed to, would force choke you from across the room. And what are you going to do then? Uh, it's funny that he brings that up, Luke Skywalker and Spider-Man. Because I was watching uh, A New Hope the other day, where the guy mouths off to Vader, and Vader force chokes him across the room. Let, let's podcast people. If you mouthed off to somebody, and they literally held their hand up in the middle of the air and you started losing your breath and you were being choked by the invisible force. Are any of you in that room going to say anything to that person ever again? Like, legit. I'm not. And I'll admit that. Like, I'm not saying shit to this guy ever again. Like, holy hell. He just choked this dude with nothing. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Luke Skywalker would beat Spider-Man in, in a fight. Uh, now... If we're talking about no force powers and only lightsaber, ooh, that's maybe a little different. A little different. However, Luke Skywalker wins that fight, I think, more times than not. With a lightsaber. With even with a lightsaber, yes. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, think that, th- I think that checks. Uh, all right. Next question uh, from Kenny Newton. Uh, who the fuck is David McIntyre? I think you already answered. Oh, I think that the, I think that's related. To like, uh, you know, why are you the way you are? Okay, okay. So, Kenny. Okay, who the fuck is David McIntyre? So, David McIntyre is the most caring jackass you've ever met in your life. He wants you to have a great time and wants you to to be happy. But I'm gonna call you an asshole anyway and, and pick on you a little bit, only because I love you so much. I'm like the most Philly guy from Pittsburgh, maybe. <laughs> um, I'm going to be, I'm going to flat out do my thing and feel confident about it. But I also carry a humility and a sense of humbleness to it, uh, because I am who I am. And, and that's just it. Yeah. That's, that's who the fuck I am. Uh, I'll talk shit all day with the best of them yet. I don't know, man. It, it's Yeah. 
it's it's all in good fun. I'd rather share a beer with someone than trade punches. Yep. That's that's who I am. Plus one. Uh, let's see. Uh, next question is from Leah Grace. Uh, what is the best cat name that you've come up with? Oh shit, that's tough. Okay, so this is going through every cat I've ever owned. My first cat was a female. Her name was Sandy. Human name for a cat. Funny, but no. Second cat I ever owned was a cat. Her name was Cuffs. And her name was Fisticuffs because she was a feisty female. Uh, but I gave her a full name of Cuffs, Cuffers Cuffington the uh, Third. So that was a good one. My next cat, his name was Dark Ward. He was a black cat. After that was an old white cat named Jesus. Not Jesus like Jesus, but Jesus is an H-E-Y-Z-E-U-S. Jesus. After that, came another cat named Ham Banana, which if you've ever seen yep. the show Aquatine Hunger Force. What's that, Pat Oswalt? Ham Banana, yes. Uh, so uh, I had a cat named Ham Banana. After that, uh, the next cat I adopted, her name is Meowzebub, which is a play on Beelzebub. Uh, and then after that was an orange cat named Tribble, uh, who re- resembles the character, the creatures from Star Trek, which are called Tribbles. Uh, and we have another cat we named Clipper because he has a piece of his ear missing. So we named him Clipper. Uh, the other cats that we've adopted and watched, some of them have had funny names like uh, Fluffy Grumps, Floopy, and uh, Dracula because he has big fangs. The best name I've ever come up with a cat is a tie between Hand Banana and Meowzebub. Those are, those are some solid cat names. I think Hand Banana is the greatest name I've come up with for a cat because the character Ham Banana in the show was not a cat; it was a dog. And uh, wasn't well, like wasn't a great, it wasn't a, a very well illustrated dog either. It no, was like, it wasn't. It, it, it was a very rude, very crudely drawn dog in the shape of a yellow hand. Uh, and the best part was, so my cat Ham Banana, I had to take to the vet, and they were like, "So, what's your cat's name?" So you always have that moment of. I picked out this name, but can I say it to someone professionally? <laughs> so I said, I said, his name is Hand Banana. And they said, Hand Banana? I said, yes, because he is a handful and he drives me bananas. Hand Banana. And uh, he was also a cat uh, that I refer to as Mr. Steal Your Girl. Women loved Hand Banana. They loved him. He would roll on his back, show you his belly, and he loved women. So, yeah, if you were a single dude... Uh, he was taking your check. Yeah. It's a ham banana. So okay, not 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 so much a wingman, but okay. Oh no, not, he's not a wingman at all. No, nope. <laughs> terrible wingman. All right. Uh, this next question. Um, so uh, Vargo asks, uh, and and like I, maybe there's uh, some misunderstanding. Some misunderstanding, but Vargo asks, uh, why are you banned from Waddle? And then somebody's like, are you? Is he banned from Waddle? He was at oh, Worlds in December. I am not. I am not banned from Waddle yet. Uh, although. Uh, I would not be surprised if it happens, only because of the seriousness that they take themselves, which I wish they didn't, because axe throwing is the sport, and no offense to anyone listening to this, but let's be honest with ourselves. It's the sport of the awkward kids. That's completely it. We're all the awkward kids, and this is our sport, and we do it. Uh, I... I'm not banned from Waddle yet, although I would imagine I would be for criticizing the powers that be. Uh, And that's just it. Uh, Do I want to be banned from Waddle? No, absolutely not. Uh, Do I want to continue to poke fun at them as a villain? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, Because, again, 
why are we taking this fucking seriously? Like, why? I get the ESPN stuff. I'll put it this way. If an ESPN executive told me to tone it down, I would take it more seriously from them because they're a bigger organization than Waddle. If the commissioner of Waddle or IETF told me to tone it down, it's not that I wouldn't take it seriously. Um, I would probably tone it down a scotch, like very little, and I would still be a jackass because I don't know. It's a... Uh, I'm here to have fun, man. And that's just it. Have a great time. Uh, and it's it's not against anything about any organization. Uh, I poke fun at them also because isn't that what historians are supposed to do, like us against the man? Like, we're not supposed to be siding with the organization, right? To a degree. To to a degree. Um yeah, I, like, I'd say like a, I'd say it's like a, a healthy default is like any and at least for me, like any, you know, uh, you know, it's like, all right, 50 50 tiebreaker goes to the human over a piece of paper. Right, um, right. But like, obviously, it's like if if the human's being an asshole, like, no, like I'm going with a piece of paper when the human's being a jerk. Oh, yeah. If, if I legit something assholish and they got me banned, fine, I'll own up to it. I'll accept it. If I would be banned from any organization for something that I would deem petty. Uh, I think I would probably be twice as vocal about it as anything. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I feel like I could see that. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think we're we're in the home stretch on the questions. Uh, All right. I think uh, maybe was it five, maybe six more. Um, one of them kind of already touched on, uh, but uh, Alicia Rose Jenkins asks, uh, "What's your daily beard routine?" Oh, my daily beard routine. Okay, so here we go. Um, I've had someone ask me this in the past. Uh, so wake up, shower. I do shampoo it. I do use conditioner, and I brush it uh, because I found out uh, hair. Uh, even though I have no hair on top of my head, hair on any part of your your body requires sun being cleansed. So yeah, I uh, I brush it, I shampoo it, I condition it, I brush it. Sometimes I use oil. Sometimes I use what's known as a beard butter. Uh, shout out real quick to Fancy Lad and uh, Maestro's. Uh, he gave me a sample of the beard butter, which I actually use already. I like it a lot. So yeah, it's just uh, uh, keeping it clean and combed and brushed and trying not to tug on it too much, but it's kind of... I do I do the thing where I think. I do the thinker thing where I tug on it a bit. Uh, I do like to joke that I use it for keeping snacks in it, you know, like the stray Jolly Rancher. Uh, but yeah, the beard routine is shower, shampoo, brush, and yeah, take care of it. If, uh, if you could keep a bird in it, I'll family guy would you absolutely absolutely birds uh, although birds aren't real birds are not <laughs> real people uh i would keep a bird in it if i if i could that would be awesome because birds are actually pretty cool creatures cool uh next question and i think this is just a, a variation uh from uh uncle willie's question uh, so uh chris ross asks i'd like to ask uh why you think you're important enough to be interviewed <laughs> Oh, that's, you know, Chris, that is a great question. Uh, I think I'm great enough to be interviewed because I have something that's called an ego that everyone else has. Uh, it needs to be fed within means and reason. Uh, so your, oh my God, my phone thinks I'm trying to shut up my Google assistant. Uh, I have an ego that needs to be fed to a degree. So, you know, I, I, uh, uh, I gain power off of your likes for my memes. Uh, as far as the, the truthfulness of it, uh, do I think I'm important enough to be podcast interviewed, podcasted? To be really honest, no, Chris, I, I really don't. Um, I, I think this is more along the lines for people in the sport who have achieved 
much more than I have. Uh, that being said, Bill reached out. Bill, me and Bill discussed this, uh, and I'm trying to have as much fun with it as I can. Uh, so that's kind of a two-part answer. Uh, me answering entertainment-wise, because I'm me, asshole. That's why. I'm the fucking best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Uh, Honest-wise, um, I don't know, because I'm just lucky enough to be to be interviewed, to be perfectly honest. Um, there are many more people who deserve to be in the spot than me right now. Uh, I'm just that one lucky guy. And, and that's just it. Yeah. Uh, also, um, like... I, I I like I don't know what's in other people's brains, but like as as you know, because uh, we're three hours in, like really we're just hanging out, having a conversation. Like all, like the yeah. whole point of the podcast is like I just want to have like the conversations and like the fun I used to have at league, and like yes. you know, like but just I want to have those with people from other leagues, and I want to share those Same. with people of all the leagues. And so like that was like the whole kind of like motivation of the podcast. So it's not like you know. Like oh you know like oh no you you must you must have X ESPN appearances to be on the podcast or you know like this like no right. like like I I want to hear good stories I want like I want you know I want to laugh I want to have fun I want to like you know there's plenty of negativity on the internet and if I can put some positive entertainment on there with uh you know hopefully not too much like a uh, bashing or you know like you know ho- ho- just like. Don't, don't I just don't be a dick. Like if like here's the thing, yeah. like if somebody's if somebody's just like a straight up malicious asshole, like I don't want to interview that person. So it's like but if right. you know but if like you know if you've never won anything and you don't make anything but like you got good stories, I wanna hear them. <laughs> well thank you. Thank I don't, you. I don't, like I, I said, we we could drag this off for hours really, but yeah, it's a no thank you. And it's it's something that I, I won't lie I won't lie in saying this on the podcast. I thought to myself like Am I good enough to, to where people want to hear what the hell I have to say? And at the same time, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm just here having a blast. Honest. Uh, but yeah, there, there is that sort of, there are better throwers that deserve more of a spotlight. Uh, and if they want it, that, that's completely cool. That, that's completely cool with me. Uh, I will be the first person to tell anyone, like, I, I fucking suck at this sport, even though people might argue with me on that. Uh, I, and I only say I suck at this sport because, uh, again, I, uh, I can hit a target if I want to, but goddamn, why can't I do it all the fucking time? You know? <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Anyway, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So thank you, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> cool. uh, next question is from uh, Kevin Bradley. Right. Who is the most memeable person in axe throwing? Oh, that is a great question, and that is really tough. That is really tough. So the original meme of axe throwing is Vale Cook. Uh, they all cook definitely memeable. Uh, and, and I'll say this because I thought about it myself about my memes. I know I go to the Philly guys a lot, and I think the Philly guys are very memeable. I really do. Like Willie, Comp, uh, Vin. Uh, I don't think I've done too many Vin memes, but I know Willie and Comp. Uh, I think they're very memeable because they, it's sort of like a phrase or a term called they're in on the joke in a sense, where they're having a good time. They're making fun of it. They know when to be professional. They know when not to be. Uh, they're very memeable. Uh, the most memeable axe thrower, that's that's just really tough. Uh, I can't say any... Oh my God, I'm going with an on answer on this. I can't say anyone is more memeable than anyone. It's just a matter of moment and what's happening uh, and what they say or do. Uh, as far as who gives me the best, the best to work with, it, 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 
it is the Philly guys. They give me the best to work with. Uh, they they're in a lot of photos. Uh, they they say some stuff that that is the right thing to say in a sense. Uh, they give me a lot to work with, and I hate saying that because I don't want people to to try and give me something to work with. Just be yourself. That that's just it. Like I can't make my content if you're if you're aware of it in a sense. Like if I tell you. Give me a meme pose versus me just taking a goofy photo of you. It's it's something completely different. Uh, as far as the other memeable people, um, I think the best as far as making a funny meme with a serious person, Shannon Colvitz. Shannon Colvitz is one of the best serious straight man faces ever. Uh, he looks like he is never having a good time. And that makes me want to meme him all the time because it, it's great. Well, uh, it's funny you mentioned Shannon Colvitz because we have a question from Shannon Colvitz. Oh, yes. Uh, and the question is, why are the smoked bologna boys your favorite axe crew of all time? Oh, okay. So, okay. So before I knew who these people were, this goes back to my first IATC. IATC 2020 Toronto. Well, yeah, 2020 Toronto. I win my first match. My second match is against Rob Nelly. And... I, I lost that match, but it was one of the most fun matches I've ever had in my life. And Rob Nelly is one of the flat out my favorite people, one of my favorite people in axe throwing. He's an awesome dude. Uh, if he's listening to this, hi Rob. Uh, so he's in the SBB, and also I I love I love that era of pro wrestling, the NWO era. I love that, and I, I love their whole their whole gimmick and their whole look, the, the serious look of it. And also having fun with it, and yeah, they're they're just they're they're really awesome. Unfortunately, I always forget the fourth person. I know it's Rob, Shannon, Chris Troller, and I can never remember. I think Anthony. I think that's the name of the fourth member, Anthony. Uh, all the photos to see of them, awesome. They look like they're having an awesome time. They're either playing it straight in a goofy way, or they're being goofy in a straight moment. It's yeah, it, it's it's great. They're one of the embodiments of of what I would say, like a good example of axe throwing, like the fun of it. Cool. That's a solid answer. And then uh, we got, looks like we got two more. Well, actually, yes, technically Sean has two questions. So uh, uh, Sean Coots, I don't know how to pronounce it. I hope I got, is that, I don't know if I pronounced it correct. Sorry, Sean. Um, Sean asks, if you had to choose between being the lead meme writer in the axe throwing world or having mad cow disease, which would you choose? Oh, well, they're both funny in their own way. Um, I, jeez, that's, that's, that's really tough. Um, I never had Matt Cow disease, so I would want to know what that's like to experience it. So I'm all about experiences uh, and finding out what things are like. Although, don't smoke crack, kids. Don't do that. Um, I've never done it myself. Just don't do it. Uh, I would say being the lead meme writer for Axterine. If that was my profession and if people needed me to do it for them to make memes, um, I could do it. It just comes down to um, negotiation of what are, what are the boundaries and censors on it. Only because I'm one of these people who doesn't believe art should be censored and what I say shouldn't be censored. And asterisk to that. It doesn't mean vulgarities or insulting people on a offensive level due to racial or societal stance either. It's just, um, I don't believe in censorship of, uh, of, uh, I don't believe in censorship outside of again. Um, and 
this is just me saying it outside of using slurs. I don't think slurs have any place in, in things outside of calling someone like an asshole or, or, uh, or, uh, geez, I don't know if you want to believe this or not cocksucker. I think that's the most offensive I'll ever say in my life to someone. Uh, yeah, that's about it. But being meme writer. Yeah. I, I that'd be cool. Okay. Yeah, and I, I feel with, you on like I feel you on like free, the with, with the, free reign of art artistry. Uh, I feel you on the the censorship thing. My thing is that like you know, uh, and also like I I also realize like when it comes to something being like offensive, uh, I don't think the publish like the person publishing the content gets to determine if it is offensive. Like, you know, I think the the exactly. subscriber, the listener, gets to choose that. You know, just like um, you know, I <laughs> uh, I could think I'm talking quietly, and my wife's like, you're using your outside voice, and it's like yeah, I thought I was I, whispering. Um, yeah, it, while we're at home, I'll I'll say some joke off the cuff to Megan. And, uh, geez, I can't remember the last one I said, but I said it and it was some joke and it revolved around, um, it revolved around, we were watching the news, a news article and I made an off the cuff joke and her thing is like, Jesus Christ. And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like that, that's my thing. Like the re- like li- again, if any joke I ever make really offends somebody, all you gotta do is tell me, I will apologize. And the apologies are always sincere. Um, I don't, say i'm sorry just to say it like yeah well and, and also as like a, a recovering shock comic kind of type yeah. um like i i know it's like it's weird when you're like if i was offensive please let me know um yes because like the way that i like i learned is through people like hey that was too much that was over the line like that like yeah. and th- and then i don't do that anymore you know like yes um and so, but I know it's it's weird. Like uh, that joke you made uh, that was insensitive to these people. It's like, yeah, my like my bad. I, like so, yeah. Uh, so no, I, yes, yeah, I, I feel yeah, exactly you. like my my bad. I didn't mean to cross the line there. Yeah. Um, and and also you know, but also realizing like okay, like all right, I know that there's a line somewhere over here. Like okay, like that line, like you know, it's kind of like a, a bend versus a break. At this point, I just try not yeah. to be an asshole. Um, yes. Right. Okay. Uh. Last question from Sean. Uh, if the Wilson Cup were made of barbecue spare ribs, would you eat it? Absolutely. Absolutely. No question. Uh, it, um, yeah, uh, I would absolutely eat it if it was made of barbecue spare ribs. Uh, although if it was made of cheese, I probably wouldn't. Uh, I like cheese in a sense, but I'm not like one of these cheese fanatics that, you know, you can just eat a cube of cheese by itself. I have to have it with something like a cracker or, or a piece of meat or, or something. I just can't eat cheese by itself. I ordered a order of the cheese curds at Worlds from that little like table. Okay. Uh, I ate a couple of them. Couldn't finish the whole order. It's too much. It's too much oh. cheese. Che- cheese curds to me are pretty good, especially living in this area. The cheese curds are pretty good in this, in this area uh, of the Upper Peninsula being like so Wisconsin. Cheese curds are everywhere. Um, I do love very good fried mozzarella sticks. And I will. So if I go to a restaurant, um, I usually judge a restaurant off of basic things. One would be chicken fingers, two mozzarella sticks, three burgers, because those are basic things, right? And if they can't do something basic well, then, yeah, you know, unless their specialty is some kind of steak or something, then it's like, I'm not ordering the burger then, you know, but yeah. 
cool. And then uh, I think this is a, an, an appropriate last community question. Um, yes. It's from Keith Gibbons. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, and Keith, it's just one word. Uh, who? I, you know what, Keith? I've been asking myself that same question. Who? <laughs> who? Seriously? That guy? No. Uh, yeah, no, no, thank you, Keith. Uh, so in case you're wondering who I am, uh, I'm just some guy who likes to throw axes every now and again. Uh, I make memes. I like to make people laugh. Uh, I hope I don't step on any toes. And I'm rooting. I'm legit rooting for all of you. Seriously. Uh, I'm the biggest fan of everyone in axe throwing, whether you beat me or not. I don't give a shit. Win or lose. Uh, I used to be a very, I have to win everything person when I was younger. Uh, but no, fuck that. I, I don't have time for that bullshit anymore. If you win, that's cool. I'll say this. If anyone's focus is, I have to win, I have to win, I have to win. That's cool. I'm not judging you. Uh, it's just, that, that's not me, man. I'm, I'm there for to have a great time and, and make friends and connections. But yeah. I, I, I hear that because I, I, I was that person where like I don't have a chance of winning so I'm not going right where like essentially yeah. like my fun was tightly coupled to essentially like how like you know did I win did I place you know how, like did, right. you know like and so but like that like that like uh, I, I feel much better now it's like I went 0-2 in Worlds and I would do it again I'd have fun like I had yeah. fun oh yeah um and, and like and it's but it's like that's the difference between like looking back on it and being like remember that time I went to Worlds and had a blast how'd you do oh I went 0 and 2 right versus like you know because the alternative is to literally at the end of the weekend to just be like all right I spent a bunch of money traveling to get here and money on hotels and money on food and and I went 0 and 2 and so it's like then it just feels like I wasted my time I wasted money I stress it's like I don't that's a (laughs) having had those thoughts for i don't like those thoughts so it's like yeah same i i used to look at it sort of in that aspect of in a sense i started putting too much expectation on myself and i i had a very it was during covid actually during covid i i'm not gonna lie and i'll fully admit this, i thought about just walking away from the sport completely during covid completely uh, i got back into it you know i, I love axe throwing and it's I love that. 90% of it is because of the people. Honestly, if the people weren't awesome, I wouldn't want to keep doing this shit. Win, lose, draw. I don't care. Um, the people were awesome. We had thorn COVID. I thought about walking away from it. And the whole like, well, I'm spending X amount of dollars. I didn't win. Or I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Versus, I don't know. Did you have a great time? Did you have fun? Did you meet people that you didn't meet before? Did you reconnect with people you met before? Oh, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's just it, man. Hell yeah! Uh, I guess that that's the end of the questions. Um, I guess before we kind of before we cut it, do you uh, do you have any kind of any? I know, like you know, we've already kind of inadvertently given a lot of like kind of shout outs, but do you have any like sponsors or anybody? Or anything else you want to plug? Anybody? Anybody else want to give a shout out to? Um. Yeah. So. Um, shout, so I remember the other one. The other name I want to say. Shout out to Joe Devine uh, from from Green Bay Axe. He's another really tough thrower. I throw against a lot outside of Alex Everson. 
uh, and Logan King. Uh, other shout-outs, uh, I already said Dave Alviso, Brennan McCluster, uh, Mark Tishko. Shout-out to uh, Justin Trafalski. Shout-out to um, – I-, I worked with him for a while. Um, oh, my God. Uh, I said his name earlier. Uh, John Simanchek, big shout-out to him. Uh, and it just really sucks because I-, I hate – doing this because I'll think of everyone's name afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, big that, shout that, that out to happens. Ace Axe Throwing. Yeah, big shout out to Ace Axe Throwing. Uh, the DZ family, Joey DZ, uh, Little Joe, Big Joe. Uh, big shout out to the people of Battle in uh, Winston-Salem uh, where I was throwing for a while. Uh, Sean uh, Fenway, awesome guy. Uh, big shout out in not calling anyone out from Philly. But all my friends from Philly that I know you, believe me, I, I love all of you. Uh, fuck it. Uh, uh, Uncle Willie, Comp, Finn, uh, Mike Moore, Cameron Joseph, uh, even Dave Cyclone. All you guys are awesome. Uh, big shout out to John Bradley. Jesus Christ, I feel like I'm just going on and on and on here. Uh, Chris Ross. I love Chris Ross. Awesome guy. Uh, Stormy Stormonson, uh, Cooper. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Rigg, uh, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, I, I could go on for hours and hours and hours. It's still probably not there, everyone. Um, those who I've named, love all of you. Those who I didn't, I no offense. Seriously, no offense. If you took offense to it, let me know. I'll buy you a beer next time I see you, uh, which means I'm probably now in debt. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just... Uh, shout out to everyone. As far as like actual sponsors, uh, I will say Merrill Shoes, uh, they're comfortable as shit. Uh, Ex officio underwear, super comfortable. Uh, anything else I can think of? No, uh, venues to check out. Uh, Bahala, Asax, Lumberjacks, uh, Game of Axes in Florida, uh, Joe McGee, Jude, Mama Jude, awesome, awesome, awesome people. Uh, Detroit Axe, Total Axe, uh, Premier Axe throwing out in Utah, John Bradley's place, Herbal Buddies Axe House, Dustin Kirk. Like I said, I have too many people. God damn it, too many people. <laughs> love all, love all of you. Uh, I really wish I had time to say everyone's name, and I'm sorry if I missed you. That's all right. It, it happens. I think I think the people like I think everybody knows. Um, I just, hey, this is a, uh, one question I just thought of. Uh, if you could yeah. pick like a dream sponsor, like one company that you're like, man, if I could get sponsored by them, like that, like I'd be honored or that'd be dope or like. Oh, that is, that's really tough. The one sponsor, I think that'd be really dope. Uh, Jesus. Um, oh, uh, because I love their beer. New Glarus Brewing. Okay. Out of Wisconsin. That would be so amazing because I love their... So you can only get it in Wisconsin, New Glarus Beer. But they make this, these two beers. One's called Moon Man. One's called Spotted Cow. And they're, I think they're both ales. Two of the best beers you'll ever have in your life. That would be amazing to be sponsored by them. The other sponsor I think would be amazing would be Darn Tough Socks. Best socks I've ever bought in my life. Sweet. Seriously. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe that would that's... Be, that'd be really cool. Maybe, uh... I, I think... I think That'd be cool to start figuring out like who other people's like uh, ideal sponsors are. It's fun to kind of evolve. All right, sweet. Yeah. Uh, we we did it. We set a new record. We rambled for awesome. over three hours. Uh, nobody is listening at this point. Everyone's gone. Not at this point. No, <laughs> yeah, probably not. They they checked out a while ago. So they saw the name and they're like, <laughs> "Fuck this." Yeah, I guess really the better question is like, how many people were listening uh, at to the first minute? <laughs> so right. If oh, 
anyone who listened to this point, message me and say and message me with the name. With, not the name with the word rutabaga so i know you listen <laughs> you uh you just uh this is gonna i don't know i'm interested to see where this goes cool man uh well it's been a pleasure cool. thanks for taking three plus hours out of your day no uh, problem no total pleasure on my end thank yeah. you so much man of course again uh see you later man adios see you take care bye